I'm ready. Put me in, coach. Coming to you from deep inside our lofty, heavily fortified bunker, located somewhere in the heart of Middle Earth, the show that doesn't shy away from tough questions or tough answers. Sit back, turn on your brain, and get ready for truth. It's a dirty job, but hey, somebody has to do it. This is the David Allen Show. Back again, shockingly, live in studio. Uh, David is with us again, even though he decided to quit. I mean, I mean, decided to abandon ship. What? He came back for a weekend again. So then I didn't abandon ship. Say what you will. I just did. <laughs> I will say that again. I didn't abandon ship. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, how's it going? You're back here uh, into the 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 other state. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm in South Dakota. Yeah. The fine state Rather of South Dakota. Rather than the Minnesota. The Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. Um, this now is blowing up the news. President Me? Trump announced yesterday oh. that he's canceling plans to let so-called transgendered people serve in the military. And of course he's being attacked as a hater. But I think he's doing the right thing. Let me first say that I have sympathy for any human being who is uncomfortable inside his or her own skin, for whatever reason. But the United States military is not an encounter group for lost souls. The military has one overarching mission, to be ready at a moment's notice to defend our country against threat. We need our soldiers to be strong, fit, confident men and women who know who they are and why they're in uniform. A person in such conflict as to believe that he or she must mutilate his or her body in order to be happy needs psychological help, not to be used as a bludgeon by the activist left. For over 30 years, the left has been insisting that gender is a social construct, that gender roles were imposed upon male and female children by patriarchal and outdated traditional culture. And now they are telling us that gender is so profound as to exist at the level of a person's very soul. It can't be both. If gender is simply a societal overlay, then how on earth can a person know that he or she has the wrong one? What, you've been wrongly assigned an oppressive set of social constraints and now want to have the opposite set of oppressive constraints? I thought that gender roles were irrelevant. That's what the left has been telling us. Now, because it serves them, they say that a person with the wrong gender assignment ought to be encouraged to butcher his or her body in order to match the gender assignment that he or she should have been assigned. You know, by the oppressive patriarchal society that should not have assigned anybody any gender roles in the first place. Who is writing the scripts over the leftist hive mind these days? This transgender nonsense is so full of logical holes that I feel like I need to have an IQ reassignment surgery just to become stupid enough to debate these activist bullies. Here's another angle. For 50 years, women have been telling us how unbelievably wonderful they are. Much better than men, you see. If I was to walk up to a feminist and tell her that I understood exactly how it felt to be a woman, she would attack me immediately. How could I, a male, possibly know what a woman feels? Her complexities, her insights, her struggles. How dare I say such a thing? But if I was Bruce Jenner and said that I was a woman trapped inside the body of a man, that same feminist would lead the charge to make me a hero. And heaven help any male who called bullshit on Bruce. (laughs) I mean Caitlin. 
<laughs> the constant direction changes from the left are giving the nation whiplash. They advocate one reality, and then boom, they advocate the opposite reality. Marriage was a noxious artifact of male patriarchal oppression and chattel slavery, right up until the moment that the activist left decided that gay rights was now the field of battle. Suddenly, out of nowhere, marriage was an absolutely crucial human right. Only marriage could grant dignity to gay couples. That change-up pitch caught Obama and Hillary both off guard. Obama had to scramble to change his position so that he could show up at the Clooney fundraiser as a hero to the gay rights movement. You know, because the position he held only one week earlier was now bigotry. Hillary shrugged and did the same thing. Hey, whatever it takes. This is such a pile of nonsense, this constant monkeying with our institutions. There is no longer any doubt that leftists around the world are out to unravel Western civilization. Yeah, and they will here, use here. anybody to accomplish this goal. Yesterday, I tried to debate an activist and musician out of North Carolina named David Lamott. He didn't even attempt to answer my question about how a person could change a gender assignment with drastic and permanent surgery. My asking of that question was hate speech, you see, and it was necessary for him to block me, lest any poor tender soul on his Facebook thread be exposed to logic. Again, my heart goes out to anybody anywhere who is unhappy. People who cannot be comfortable with themselves will always seek the acceptance of others. And the left has made it abundantly clear that if you are willing to adopt one of the new gender categories, you will have an army of activists behind you. And the farther you take it, even up to the operating room, the more loved you will be by your new activist friends. U.S. President Donald J. Trump. Who was that? That is the... Uh, it's a Blue Collar Logic is the name of the Facebook page. Oh, okay. I kind of like that. <laughs> well, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. U.S. Pres Donald J. Trump says transgender people cannot serve in any capacity in the military. He tweeted that he had consulted with military experts and cited, quote, tremendous medical costs and disruption. The Obama administration decided last year to allow transgender people to serve openly in the military. But in June, Defense Secretary James Mattis agreed to a six-month delay in the recruitment of transgender people. What? Are they deliberately going out? Oh, are you a man wanting to be a girl? No. Okay, you're out. Are you a man? Yes, I am. Ah, we have a signing bonus for you. Oh. What is this? Well, I mean, <clears throat> I don't know if it was literal recruitment. Oh, like. I'm sorry. <clears throat> don't write that then. I agree. As is often the case, this comes from the BBC, the announcement came in a series of tweets. Mr. Trump said, quote, after consultation with my generals and military experts, please be advised that the U.S. government will not accept or allow transgender individuals to serve in any capacity in the U.S. military. Our military must be focused on decisive and overwhelming victory and cannot be burdened with the tremendous medical costs and disruption that transgender in the military would entail. But the measure will not go into effect immediately, as spokesperson Sarah Sanders told reporters at a White House press briefing. The implementation policy has to be worked out she said when asked if troops on battlefields would be immediately sent back to the U.S. 
This was a military decision, she says. Yeah, tell me how many troops are on the battlefields that are going through tr- uh, gender reassignment surgery. Well, That's there, a bunch of garbage. There's between 1,500 and 15,000, okay? Uh, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> I call a word. <clears throat> uh, uh, what? I, I, yeah, there you go. <laughs> The timing of this transgender ban is almost as interesting as the move itself. Why now? With the Trump administration being buffeted by the Jeff Sessions political death watch, the ongoing multi-pronged investigation into the Trump campaign, and the healthcare drama in the Senate, and the impending Russian sanctions bill, perhaps the administration decided this was a good time to change the subject and rally conservative forces to his side. Republicans have long used cultural issues as a wedge to divide Democrats and energize evangelicals. As one White House insider acknowledged, this is straight out of that playbook. While Mr. Trump campaigned as a sympathetic to LGBT rights, he needs the uh, the traditional religious conservatives to stay loyal to him now more than ever. Or perhaps, as Politico is reporting, the White House sought to resolve an intraparty dispute that threatened passage of a key military spending bill in the House of Representatives. That the president chose to do so suddenly with little advance notice would not be out of the ordinary for this administration. The president's action will con- create a furor furor among liberals and the media commentators whose disdain for the current administration is not new and uh, not a new development. This is a fight the White House will welcome. The independent Rand Corporation estimated in 2016 that about 4,000 U.S. active duty and reserve service members are transgender, although some campaigners put the figure higher than 10,000. Whatever. Rand also predicted that the inclusion of transgender people in the military would cause 0.13% increase in healthcare spending. How is that even... Okay. I'll just sit here and shut up. A Military Times analysis found that the Department of Defense spends five times that figure just on erectile dysfunction drugs, Viagra alone. The Obama administration's move to allow transgender people in the military to serve openly was announced in June 2016 by then-Defense Secretary Ash Carter. The policy included a provision for the military to provide medical help for service members waiting to change their gender. The transgender people would be permitted to join services, the services so long as they could demonstrate that they'd been stable in their new gender for at least 18 months. So then basically this is not um this is not gender reassignment. This is just a crazy person who thinks he's or she's the opposite sex. Sure. So then it's more of a uh, supporting crazy people? Well, only one very extremely small sliver of crazy people. Okay. But if you open that door, how do you stop it for everything else? By being consistent. (laughs) Oh, brother. That's stupid. I know. <clears throat> there, Kristen Beck. Have you heard that name? Kristen Beck? Yeah. Mm-mm. Okay. He's um, a former N- Navy SEAL, SEAL Team 6 member. Oh, he is? Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. SEAL Team 6? Yeah. And turned into a chick. He had his penis cut off and um, a breast implants put in and flooded with uh, estrogen. <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, um, still doesn't have a uterus or ovaries or um, any of the hormonal changes that so it looks women like a man? go through. Yeah, it looks like he looks like a, a cross-dressing man. Well, he came out against Trump, you know, uh, upset uh, because he was implying that, you know, tell me I'm not good enough to serve mm-hmm. in the U.S. military. Um, but the knucklehead, which is um, basically all progressives, have to be inconsistent, and they can't, they cannot be phil- philosophically consistent. Um, they all have to be hypocritical. Um, the knucklehead was a testosterone-filled male when he was with SEAL Team 6. He was not taking estrogen when he was with SEAL Team 6. If he was taking estrogen, he would not have had the capacity to serve with SEAL Team 6. Because he's crazy means nothing. Huh. I saw this on a in regards to this when this came down a couple days ago. I saw a comment on the face bag. Uh, the military also doesn't allow great big f- giant fat people, drug addicts, mm. uh, addicts, tattoos on the fingers, neck, and face, felons, or citizens without a high school diploma or equivalent. Our military is about effectiveness, not virtue signaling. Yeah. Yep. I think it's some, there, there's some truth to that. Yeah. The, the main focus is to be an effective fighting force. Is ultimately to either kill as many people as possible with the fewest number of, of losses or have the threat that they will kill a tremendous number of people with few losses, you know, to deter. That is the only effect that the military had. That's the only purpose of the military. <clears throat> people might say, well, what about, you know, humane, you know, humane uh, uh, missions, you know, like the Haiti earthquake? Well, that's... That's okay. I mean, but they you weren't mean sending like crazy people on that mission. No, it's sending military down there to help. Um, my my point is the whole point of the military is not to save. Uh, the only lives that are meant to be saved with are the military ours. are ours. Um, it's not anybody else's. Now you can maybe use their skills to help other people, but that's not the highest priority, and it never should be in it. Hopefully it never will. The minute it becomes the highest priority... We lose. Yeah, exactly. Matt Walsh. Yeah. On July 26th. Today's the 28th, 2017. He writes this on Facebook. I'm supposed to be on vacation this week, but I just heard that Trump had decided to restore the ban on mentally ill, quote, transgenders in the military. I feel the need to offer a few words of praise for this wise decision knowing that there will be a volcanic eruptions of outrage and fury from the usual suspects. Let me make a few points about this in no particular order. Number one, it is either legitimately possible for a biological male with a penis and a Y chromosome to somehow have a woman trapped mysteriously inside his body, or it is not. Science, reason, logic, and the entire medical psychiatric community 
up until 14 seconds ago all said it is not. So, it is not. And because it is not, that leaves us only one explanation for transgendered, quotes, people. They are mentally ill. Severely mentally ill. We are not talking about a mere mood disorder here. We're talking about people who do not have a firm grip on reality. They're delusional. I mention this only to establish one crucial point. Trump has not banned transgenders, in quotes, from the military. There isn't really any such thing as a, quote, transgender person. Rather, he has banned those who suffer from severe mental delusions from the military. It doesn't sound like such a radical decision when you put it that way. Number two, in doing this, Trump has only reverted back to the policy that had always been in place and was even in place under Obama for several years. If Trump is a bigot for this, so was Obama in 08, 09, and 10, and 11, and 12, 13, 14, 15, and most of 16. Yep. And actually, it hasn't gone into effect yet. The The ban. Or, or, the, or the the lifting of the ban. Yeah. Yeah. Number three. The military is not a petri dish for cultural experimentation. Our men and women in uniform are not lab rats to be tested upon by the mad social science scientists on the left. Unless it has to do with drugs <coughs> or vaccines. Anyway, the military has one primary job. Kill! To protect our country and kill our enemies. You can't really squeeze, quote, advancing a left-wing cultural agenda into that job description without completely changing the fundamental purpose of the military itself, which is what you just said, thereby endangering our military personnel and the country as a whole. There are only a few transgenders in the armed forces or in the world, but this decision reverberates beyond that sadly confused population because it reaffirms the military's primary objective. It is a win for the military and for patriots everywhere. Number four, I've heard it said many times today that military service is a right enjoyed by all Americans. Here's the problem with that statement. No, it isn't. Exactly. It's not a right. Military service is not some kind of participation trophy awarded to anyone who happens to live here. It's telling that it's telling that leftists think of the military in these selfish terms. Quote, I should be able to do it because I want to. And all that matters is what I want. This is their answer to literally everything. They are children. The military doesn't or shouldn't care what you want or how you feel. All that matters is your ability to destroy the enemy. Military service is then a privilege given to those who are best equipped to kill bad guys. The stricter and more selective our armed forces are allowed to be in awarding that privilege, the easier we can all sleep at night. The barbarians at the gate won't be tamed by our good intentions and our diversity and our inclusivity. They will be defeated by tough dudes with big guns. The tougher, the better. I welcome and celebrate whatever Trump can do to return us to that philosophy. Here, here. I think that's an interesting view, but you're, you're right. I mean, that just solidifies your point that yeah. this isn't a, it's not a social club. Nope. This is a killing machine. If it was a right, then anybody could join. So... I mean, anybody could. If you weighed 700 pounds, it would be a civil right to not allow you. I mean, 700 pounds and you're 5 feet 9 inches tall. <clears throat> 700 pounds and any height. What? Yeah, probably. Yeah, <laughs> In today's <you're> right. world. <laughs> I mean, a fit 700-pound person would be a Nephilim. They'd be like 11 feet tall. <clears throat> um, I think that guy's on the Game of Thrones. 
<laughs> but then they would be half human, mm-hmm. half demon, and mm-hmm. um, we probably shouldn't. Not, yeah. Yeah, no. I mean, then you'd have to have a whole new set of bathrooms for him, and, you know, it's just a tricky situation. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, it's 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 ridiculous on face, mm-hmm. at face value. So, and, and it's one of these things that is so obvious and so ridiculous that probably the hardest thing, it is so self-evident that the hardest thing that you can do, uh, or the difficulty probably a lot of people have is, is, uh, coming, is actually overcoming the speech, uh, less feeling you get that shock. Like, are you kidding me? I mean, trying to, it, it would be equivalent to trying to explain why yellow is yellow to somebody who can see. It is. Just look. It's yellow. Oh, yeah. And if they tell you, no, it's green, and their eyes are working fine, uh, at some point, you know, it's almost, it seems to me almost like um, trying to explain something that's self-evident. Um like somebody says, uh, you know, comes up to you and says, I don't exist. And you s- say, really? You, you uh, well, then who's speaking right now? You know, <clears throat> nobody. Okay. So, so when Bruce Jenner decides to call himself a woman, call himself Caitlin, uh-huh. and wear dresses and uh-huh. have a boob job. I'm sure you could find a lot of homeless people that, you know, um, in New York City or in L.A. that will tell you that they are that a they lot are of different Bruce people. Jenner. Yeah, or <laughs> right. whatever. <clears throat> the California representative Mark Takano tweeted out that Trump was attacking, quote, 15,000 trans service members. Wow, that's hum- a lot. Human rights campaign. An LGBTQ rights organization also tweeted the 15,000 figure. The Anti-Defamation League CEO, Jonathan Greenblatt, tweeted that 150,000 transgender Americans have bravely served the USA. Wow. The figures surrounding the question of how many trans people serve in the military are primarily based on two different studies. One from the Williams Institute and another from the Rand Corporation. The Williams Institute studied from 2014 estimated that, quote, Approximately 15,500 transgender individuals are serving on active duty or in the Guard or Reserve Forces. The study suggests that 8,800 transgender individuals are currently on active duty. 8,000? 8,800. No. The estimate is primarily based on, quote, the National Transgender Discrimination Survey. Okay. Which was conducted by the National Gay and Lesbian Task Force and the National Center for Transgender Equality. One of the questions from the 70-item survey was, have you ever been a member of the armed forces? The study received 6,546, quote, valid responses. Whatever that means. A study in 2016 from the Rand Corporation, sponsored by the Secretary of Defense, estimates that, quote, the number of transgender individuals currently serving in the active component of the U.S. military at between, this is just outrageous, 1,320 and 6,630. 
out of a total of 1.3 million service members. This number accounts for okay. 0.1 to 0.5% of those serving in active military, according to the RAND Corporation. My question there, how do you get off by 5,000 people? Because they're guessing. <laughs> well, then say 150,000 then. Yeah, really. I mean, to go from 1,300 to 6,630... Oh, why not? Yeah, why not say, well, you are transgender. You just don't know it yet. Oh, 100%. Yeah. As the RAND Corporation study admits, it is difficult to estimate the number of transgender personnel in the military due to current policies and lack of empirical data. Instead, they base their numbers on multiple surveys and estimates. Quote, as a result, much existing research relies on self-reported non-representative survey samples. The Williams study... The Williams Institute study estimated that there are 8,800 trans people serving in active military roles, whereas the Rand Corporation estimates between 1,300 and 6,600. The estimates for those serving in the reserves are also quite different, with the Williams Institute suggesting that 6,700 serve in the reserves and the Rand Corporation estimating only 1,510. You know, you know what's interesting? That first number, it was 880. Mm-hmm. No, no, 8,000. I mean, 8,800. 8, mm-hmm. um, there are, from the U.S., uh, UCLA is saying um, they had an estimate estimate that about six-tenths uh, of 1% of adults identify as transgender in the United States. Huh? And what, who? About six-tenths of 1%. Which is how many people? Uh, 1.4 million, supposedly. What? <clears throat> yeah. Ju- well, just w- just wait. So, eight eight hundred and eighty or eight thousand eight hundred people is six tenths of one percent of the number of people who are in active duty in the military. So all of these numbers that they're coming up with, they're just taking it from uh some institution that 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 gives a statistic on the on the percentage of people that are transgender and then just applying it to the military that's all they're doing so that presumes that the military demographic is identical to the exactly. general public and demographic and that's and that's assuming that whatever that statistic is correct that's now, bullcrap because 1. you can't get million, into the military unless well, you are meet, meet certain physical it, levels absolutely well, these are people go in and then discover when they get in. Uh-huh. Ha. Uh-huh. <clears throat> but I I cry a word um regarding um the number of transgender people in the United States. 1.4 million transgender people in the Yeah, that's crap. Yeah. And say that is true. Say it is 1.4 million. I think uh, I remember at a free previous show we were talking about schizophrenia and and uh, anorexia and you know body dysmorph dysmorphic yeah yeah thick, uh, um I would imagine that there are a lot more of those uh, people that struggle with that <clears throat> so if there is 1.4 million people it's just a a number of, a good number of people that are struggling with mental illness so. Hmm. Why would we elevate this? I mean, to me, it makes as much sense as telling a schizophrenic person to stop giving them medication and say, no, those voices are valid. We are trying to kill you. 
um, <clears throat> or those voices are valid. You are God. Uh, those voices are valid. Uh, you should run around not wearing clothes. You know, <clears throat> same thing. If they're being consistent, but they're not. And that's the weird thing, talking about this. It just fe- to me, it feels weird even talking about it. Mm-hmm. It, I, it, it feels like um, trying to explain yourself to a crazy person, to a homeless person on the side of you know who's who struggles with mental illness. Go over and talk to them about some subject that they're fixated on, that is not uh, rooted in reality. Try try arguing with them or talking to them or telling them that what they believe isn't true. I mean, it feels like it feels the same way. It feels like I've I've talked to people, talked to somebody who has Alzheimer's. Um, I've talked to people before that are so uh, that believe so firmly in their version of reality, which is not the correct. It's not real. How how do you? I don't even I don't even know how to uh, how you can even what's the even point of talking to some of these uh, progressives who believe this garbage. I mean, you have to discuss it and you have to talk talk to them about it and debate them, but it's not for their benefit. It's for some person who's listening and is confused themselves or is having a difficult time. I don't know. Somebody posted yesterday on, I guess it looks like face bag. The supply of human rights is inexhaustible. Really? There's supply. A- supply. Hey, we, um, we need another warehouse filled with, sub- we, need, we, need, we need another factory uh, creating supplies. Um, it's inexhaustible. Um, but, and they go on. Uh, there's enough. Female. To, there's enough to go around. Those who consider another's rights interfere with theirs are confusing, purposely or otherwise, dominance or exploitation with rights. So, if I say, if I say that um, there are certain inalienable rights, they they would say that what I'm trying to do is dominate. Um, those who consider another's rights interfere with theirs are confusing purposely or otherwise dominance or exploitation with rights. They go on to say that rights are ideas protected or not encoded in law or not. Hmm. Based upon their definition of what a right is. But clearly. Yeah. But anyway, enough of that. This is the David Allen Show. DavidAllenShow.com. This episode 58. Just like last time? <laughs> it is. <laughs> <laughs> this is 58 part two. This is a real 58.
I think we need to start over, please, with our chaotic society. Oh, my. I don't know what to do with that. A Lesser, uh, a lesser Hope song starting over. Was that the name of that? Yeah. Oh, I couldn't understand it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you can tell I've, I've hit that. I've hit that age. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, uh, Sean Spicer, remember him? Yeah. He was the spokeshole for the Prez. Yeah. He's out. Out of his mind. Uh, yeah. He out. Kicked him out. Kicked him out. Uh, replaced him. Well, first he went to be the communications director, and then he all of a sudden got replaced by um, the mob, I think. A mob? The mob. <laughs> oh, the mob. Or the mafia, one of the two. Uh, Scaramucci. What's his first name? I don't know. Anthony. Anthony. Hey, the peanut gallery is here today. Um... Bada bing. <laughs> and now he uh, he's shaking up the, the, the place. Shake it up, baby. Now shake it up, baby. They're trying to crack down on leaks coming out of the uh, communications department. Now, that, that's kind of a interesting thought, just that alone. Mm-hmm. The communications department is leaking information. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So they have a mole. I think they have moles. They have moles. Or... But I think they're probably moles for rhinos rather than Democrats, right? Perhaps. But I think it's maybe Reince would be the mole. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's out now. Yeah. the chief of staff, which I think the president is chief of staff, has a whole ton of power and pull and Well, he and has control. influence. But I think he's got, well, he, power... Doesn't like, he theoretically manage the whole presidential team probably Apparently. but that doesn't mean he has the say i mean i would think it would be more like a city administrator to okay. a uh a city council or mayor and stuff like that okay just a little bit more a little bit bigger yeah, yeah. <clears throat> apparently uh he didn't want scaramucci involved anywhere oh previous mm-hmm. i wonder if he's going to go out now and start bad-mouthing trump that will be interesting because that'll tell you the, his character. If well, the he, minute well, he, today he's out. Today this is twenty eighth of July. Mm-hmm. He's out. Out. Priebus. new out. guy. Uh, Kelly. Kelly. What's his name? John Kelly. Oh, Jim General Kelly. quarterback. Uh, General John. They're Marine Corps General. Oh, ooh, hey. Hey. Uh, yikes. Uh, he uh, writes anyway. Hated Scaramucci. Didn't want him around. And tried for six months. He worked to keep him out of the administration. But apparently, Trump snuck him in. Well, there was problems. This is all reported. I read an article yesterday in the New Yorker uh, that the private uh, Priebus Reins Reins Rince, whatever his name is uh-huh. Rince and repeat. He. Uh, was in in uh, incensed because Scaramucci came on reporting directly to the pres. Typically, that communications yeah. director reports to the chief of staff. Yeah, and so that's telling it in its uh, in and of itself. Well, okay then. I mean, if I was a chief of staff, I would I would recognize that my days were numbered mm-hmm. because if if that's how it's supposed to go, and he's going right to the president, then the president doesn't have confidence mm-hmm. in me anymore. You know. Yeah. I just think it's interesting that now it feels like, and I, I am, I feel confident in this is how politics works. 
has for decades. Mm-hmm. I don't think this is new in the presidency. I don't think it's new in the White House. Uh-huh. I think it's new because the media is not being involved in the narrative. Mm-hmm. They're not allowed to tell the narrative as the White House wants them to, mm-hmm. or they're not wanting to do it. And so it's all the dirt is being laid out to the public. And it's so interesting that that they're 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 looking for anything, and then Washerman Schultz has her oh, little thing oh, yeah. that if, that if no one's talking about, and nobody's talking about, Shh, don't yeah. talk about that. That's nothing. But that the whole idea is, I you know, it feels like the mob is running the show. Mm. But I think only because we now can see it easier, oh, not but, because it's actually different because the spotlight's on it yeah and yeah they they're not saying hey we do it too they're just saying hey they do it yeah they're doing bad guy yeah, yeah there's no i mean you're telling me the clintons didn't have a very similar mob mentality oh yeah oh, it was terrible yeah bush same thing obama yeah. oh yeah it, it's the way it works I think it's, it's like the Gambino machine. family is to, is is yeah, criticizing yeah. the other family for ex- because they're d- using extortion and murder and <laughs> right. prostitution yeah but I, I found that a little bit fascinating that uh, old Spicer's kicked out and Scaramucci's here to scare the public. And then now Priebus out, Bannon's next. Now, I, have you watched any of those Saturday Night Live skits with uh, Melissa? Mc- with with Spicer? Yeah. Like the older ones? Yeah. Yeah, where she's pretending to be. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. I, I know. I, I, I love. Mm-hmm. Fantastic, <laughs> she does yeah. it. She does such a good job. I mean, I, yeah. Anyways, I think, well, obviously they're popular enough. They don't. They don't have to pander to. They only have to pander to the Democrats. <clears throat> Who? Uh, SNL. Well, they don't. Oh, they're not well, even pandering. Bad. They're just pandering to their own people. The last conservative they had on there was Victoria Jackson, and she wasn't very good. So maybe, yeah. Anyways. Headline: The Washington Post. This was today, the night John McCain killed the GOP's healthcare fight. John McCain, brain cancer now. Yeah, uh-huh. just diagnosed with brain cancer. Yep, he's a fighter. He's a fighter. <laughs> John McCain's a fighter. Well, he needs to go home. He will. <laughs> just a matter of time. It was the most dramatic night in the United States Senate in recent history. Just ask uh. the senators who witnessed it. <laughs> Don't worry, it's gonna tie in. <laughs> that's like that's like say, uh, some uh, aficionado of ping pong says it's been the most exciting <laughs> night in recent history. <laughs> Watching a ping pong game, you know, a seven-year quest to undo the Affordable Care Act collapsed, at least for now, as Senator John McCain kept his colleagues and the press corps in suspense. Over a little more than two hours late Thursday into early Friday. Not since September 2008 when the House of Representatives rejected the Troubled Asset Relief Program, TARP, causing the Dow Jones Industrial Average to plunge nearly 800 points in a single afternoon. Had such an unexpected vote caused such a striking twist. The bold move by the nation's most famous senator stunned his colleagues and possibly put the Senate on the verge of protracted bipartisan talks that McCain is unlikely to witness as he begins treatment for an aggressive form of brain cancer. 
quote, I've stated time and time again that one of the major failures of Obamacare was that it was rammed through Congress by Democrats on a strict party-line basis without a single Republican vote, he said in a statement explaining his vote. We should not make the mistakes of the past. Rumors swirled late Thursday that the Arizona Republican, who had captured the nation's sympathy this week after delaying his cancer treatment in order to return to Washington, might vote against the GOP's, quote, skinny repeal plan, a watered-down version of earlier Republican proposals to repeal the 2010 health care law. McCain warned at a hastily arranged news conference Thursday afternoon that he was leaning against supporting the legislation unless House Speaker Paul Ryan assured GOP senators that the House would not move too quickly, not, no, would not move to quickly approve the bill in its current form. McCain and Senator Lindsey Graham and mm. Ron Johnson wanted Ryan to launch broad House-Senate negotiations for a wider rollback of the law. Two hours later, Ryan issued a statement signaling he would launch negotiations, and Graham and Johnson announced their support. But not McCain. Supporters spotted him around 11 p.m. Have you decided who, how you'll vote, they asked. Yes, McCain replied. How? Wait for the show, he said. I think that's it right there. It's a show for these people. McCain headed for the stage, the Senate floor, around midnight, emerging from his office in the Russell Senate office building for the subway ride to the U.S. Capitol. When he arrived, he held a brief conversation with Senate Minority Leader Charles Schumer, or Chuck U. Schumer, ah! an, an exchange that left the New Yorker smiling. I knew it when he walked on the floor, Schumer later recounted, explaining that McCain had already called to share his plans. But a few, if any, of his Republican colleagues, colleagues realized what was about to transpire. Two votes were called just before midnight. The first was on a Democratic proposal to refer the skinny repeal back to committee. The second vote was to pass the skinny repeal, which would have replaced the Affordable Care Act's individual mandate and rolled back a tax on medical devices. Let's vote against skinny repeal, Schumer told his colleagues before the votes as he once again derided the rushed nature of the health care debate. McCain stood on the Republican side of the room, nodding in agreement. With Senators Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski already planning to vote against the plan, Republicans could not afford to lose McCain. Vice President Pence was already at the Capitol prepared to break a tie. Instead, he launched a last-ditch effort to win McCain's support. As the first vote began, McCain took his seat next to Lindsey Graham, his closest friend in the Senate. The South Carolinian, Carolinian, Carolinian mostly nodded as McCain gesticulated and signaled through his body. He did what? That's disgusting! That he was likely to vote no. When Murkowski walked over to join the conversation, McCain winked and gave her a thumbs down, signaling his intentions. Collins joined the group as another clutch of Republican senators formed in the well of the Senate chamber. Senator Jeff Flake of Arizona, who operates in McCain's long shadow, stood next to Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, Senate, Senator John Cornyn, who counts GOP votes, and Pence. Eventually, Flake was dispatched to talk to McCain. He obliged, walked over to McCain, and asked Graham to move over one seat, but McCain did not acknowledge Flake, focusing instead on Murkowski and Collins. That left Flake, one of the most polite members of the Senate, leaning into the conversation uncomfortably 
with a pained look on his face, as if he had to tell his father that he had run over the family dog with his car. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Seeing that Flake was not making progress, Pence walked over at 12.44 a.m. Oh, these people are troopers. They work all night. McCain smiled, pointed at Collins and Murkowski, said something about marching orders, and stood up. Mr. Vice President, he said, greeting Pence. For the next 21 minutes, the Vice President cajoled McCain, Collins, and Murkowski. Twice during the conversation, a Pence aide came to whisper in the Vice President's ear. Other reporters leaned, learned it was the White House calling. Pence finally left to take a call, but later returned to speak with McCain. But then other senators around the room realized what was happening. You could see the body language in the entire chamber change in two hours. Senator Dave Perdue recalled. One side was kind of <laughs> ebullient, moving around and talking, and the other side was subdued. And all of a sudden it began to change. There was an instinctive reaction that maybe this wasn't going to pass. Nobody knew for sure. It was, a pr it was pretty somber, added Senator Amy Klobuchar of your state. At 1.10 a.m., McCain crossed the Senate chamber of to talk to your state, Klobuchar, and, another, and other Democrats, including Senator Dick Durbin, or Dick Turbin, Diane Feinstein, Elizabeth Warren. As he approached, McCain told them he worried that reporters watching from the gallery above could read his lips. When he realized that the press was indeed watching, he looked up at the ceiling and shouted, No! as senators and reporters laughed, <laughs> and then Democrats beamed when McCain shared his news. Feinstein gave him a hug. Walking back to the Republican <sighs> side of the room, McCain was stopped by Senator Orrin Hatch, who also offered a hug. I love John McCain. He's one of the great heroes of this country, Hatch explained later. Whether we agree or not, I still love the guy. The vote on skinny repeal began at 1.24 a.m., but McCain was out in the lobby once again conferring with Pence. In his absence, Colin, Collins and Murkowski cast their no votes along with the 48 members of the Democratic caucus. McCain returned at 1.29 a.m. without Pence, approached the Senate clerk, and gave the thumbs down the third no vote. Several people gasped. Others applauded. Reporters dashed out to report the news. McCain returned to his seat, walking past Cornyn and Senators John Thune of this state and Bill Cassidy. He stood grim-faced and despondent. Cassidy rubbed his face several times with his hands. Thune's face contorted. The color of Cornyn's face seemed to drain. Certainly Senator McCain knows how to improve the drama, Cassidy recalled later. The vote concluded... And the results were announced. The bill was voted down 51 to 49. Just days before, McCain had fired a warning shot with a lengthy floor speech that criticized the rush secretive process that led to, quote, skinny repeal. Early Friday morning, McCain, Collins, and Murkowski delivered the fatal blow. McConnell, humiliated by the results, stood to address his colleagues. The color of his face now matched the pink in his necktie. This is clearly... A disappointing moment, he said. <sighs> so what this says to me is that the leadership in uh, the Republican side of the Congress should all be fired. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. Wait, wait a second. It, I think it tells me that the Republicans in Congress should all be fired. Yeah. Democrats are going to get fired anyway. 
They should. All of oh, Congress should be fired. Well, but the only people that are going to fire the Republicans are the Republicans. And the only people that would fire the Democrats are the Democrats, but the Democrats would never fire a Democrat. Oh, yeah, they don't make rhinos, do they? Dinos? Yeah, dinos. (laughs) Well, yeah, they call them uh, blue blue dog Democrat Mm, would be the equivalent of a rhino. Right. But there's hardly any of them. That that story via the Washington Post. (sighs) Dramatized by yours, truly. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I just can't. I don't... (laughs) <laughs> On a lighter note, yeah, a driver in the United Kingdom has destroyed his Ferrari supercar Good in an for accident. Him. Good for him. After owning it <laughs> for just one hour. Wow. Police in South Yorkshire said the driver was able to walk away with just cuts and bruises after the Ferrari 430 went airborne and burst into flames in South Yorkshire on Did Thursday. Did he speed? Is that what happened? Mm -mm. It's unclear uh, what he paid for the car, but it was one of only (laughs) 499 ever sold with an original list price of $288,000. Oh, okay. Well, at least it wasn't that expensive. In a statement on Facebook, police added, officers asked the driver what sort of car he had, to which he replied it was a Ferrari. Detecting a sense of damaged pride, he then said, I've only just got it. Picked it up an hour ago. South Yorkshire police said when officers arrived, firefighters were already dousing the car, which was 50 meters off the main M1 freeway. The Ferrari 430 Scuderia can reach 60 miles per hour in just 3.3 seconds and has reported a top speed of 198. But in an update Friday, police said they do not believe excess speed was a contributory factor in this collision. So no, he wasn't speeding. Not at all. Now... Um, is he financing it, and does he have insurance? <laughs> An hour ago, do you, do you have a window? Ah, in the UK, we they must. Uh, I know. Uh, what do you have? There's a grace period in there. If you buy a new car, <clears throat> you're covered by your existing yeah, policy. Yeah, here it is. Yeah. Huh. What if you bought like a Bentley? Like, what if I went and bought a Bentley? Okay, why don't you go buy and a then, Bentley? And then crashed it a day later. Uh huh. Would the insurance company go? Whoa, that's way different than the car you drive now. It' too bad. Maybe. Well, if you notified them that you bought a Bentley. But if you didn't notify them. But do you have to do that the moment you buy it? Well. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. There's a lot of fine print that none of us will ever read. And I don't even know if most of it's in English. You know, some of it might be in like Klingon or something. And there's only like four people in the world who can understand it. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, the Kansas City Star. <laughs> Brownies reportedly made with breast milk for school bake sale cause a stir. <laughs> it's a problem most of us run into often. Pull open the fridge door and realize you're out of milk. Oh, get out of here. <laughs> okay, okay, it's one thing to do it. It's another thing to tell anybody. <laughs> a, oh, mo- a mother. Who would have t- 
told anybody. A mother needing to bake some brownies for her child's school bake sale <laughs> wrote on Facebook that she recently faced just such a situation. <laughs> to solve it, she claimed, she added her own breast milk to the brownie mix. Quote, I didn't, th- I didn't have time to run to the store and didn't think it was a big deal. Some of those kids could use the nutrition, let's be honest. Uh, <laughs> the mother's identity was redacted in a screen grab of her post, and it is unclear which state she resides in. State of confusion. So it's possible this is bullcrap, but it's still funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Kansas City Star, everybody. Oh, Don't buy anything from real. the bake sale. That's crazy. <laughs> that's hilarious. Doesn't all milk come from a breast? Well, yeah. It's just different, though. Yeah. Okay, so uh, speaking of that, um, last night I watched, there's a show on uh, Netflix called Human Planet. It's like Planet Earth, that kind of thing. Human Planet. Human Planet. Okay. And and, uh, what I gathered from the one episode we watched, which was on jungles, was it is, it's showing how humans use the planet. Kind of cool. Anyway, so it shows these different kinds of peoples around the world. Well, one of them is in, oh, brother, I can't, not Papua New Guinea. But they are huge, like, pet. Like, they keep lots of animals as pets. Mm-hmm. Now, they all really only eat monkeys, but they also keep monkeys as pets, which is weird. Um, but when she said when, they go, when the men go out and hunt, Monkeys? Mm-hmm, the monkeys. If they had babies, they keep the babies and raise them as pets. They won't eat them, but they raise them. Okay. And they feed them. So they have these baby monkeys in, and these women all have babies. So they, and breast so they just breastfeed feed the monkey, their pet monkey, and it's just normal. Huh. Okay. So there you have it. <laughs> Well, okay. Thank you. <laughs> A- anytime, anytime. Just don't buy the brownies. <clears throat> Speaking of brownies, <laughs> yes, do tell. <laughs> I had a colonoscopy last week. <laughs> There's a segue for you. <laughs> Yeah. And not the two-wheeled kind you ride. Yeah. No. Yes. Correct. Do tell. We talked about this a few, a couple months ago. You uh, you were having to have one. Yeah. Because so, I hit that magical age. Oh, yeah. You're old again yeah. now. I forgot. Yeah. Uh, so, <clears throat> let's walk through this. Well, you know, I mean, what, what is your perception of, a, of colonoscopy? What have you heard that, that the experience is like? Horrific, perhaps? Is that I, I don't an know adjective? As horrific, I think that the reality is uncomfortable. It's just, it's just foreign. Okay. I mean, short of a very small percentage of the population. <laughs> perhaps two percent of the male population. <laughs> you know, something like that. Uh, so, how was the prep? Um. Well, you know, the whole point of the prep is to get all the feces out of you. Yep. You know. And um, I know my wife has had it a few times. Um, and what she's the, got all the feces out of you? 
well, a no. few times. Well, she had a colonoscopy a few oh, times. Is that better? Okay. okay. Have, I, have I cleared it up? Yep. Um, and it used to be <clears throat> you would get this weird concoction, like a gallon jug. and the it, Liquid plumber, right? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> and they would kind of quote, you know, I'm air quoting here, flavorize it with like lemon or something like that. Or chalk. Yeah, chalk. <laughs> and they would put it in the fridge because it supposedly was easier to drink when it was cold and warm, and you'd have to sit on the toilet and, and drink the entire thing, like a gallon, um, you know, garbage in, garbage out kind of thing. You mean be, you had you had to actually drink it? On the loo because it because was that if you fast. didn't, yeah, well, it was, it was that fluid. Yeah, it was fluid. <laughs> yeah, kind of like uh, some people's gender. Mm. Um, hey, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it it wasn't like it was going to hit that way. It hit right away, but when it hits, you better be it, ready. Yeah, you better be ready. Buckle up. Yeah, and that's why there's a seatbelt on that thing. <laughs> yes, that's right. <clears throat> and they had flames on the side of it um so uh so she she told me about it and it was sounds pretty miserable and nasty and she'd want to throw up and it was just nasty you know the whole prep Mm -hmm. part well so that's that's what i'm assuming it's gonna be like um but i'm not too scared yet and uh so they sent the instructions over, and they say bef- the day before, you or the morning of the day before, you take uh, four of these like laxatives that you can get at a drugstore or whatever, or at the grocery store. You take them in the morning, like at nine in the morning, <clears throat> and then at six that night you start with the liquid prep. So I took them, and they work. Um, throughout the day, and the the How liquid nice. prep, you take a bottle of Miralax. Do you know what? Have you ever heard of Miralax? Yeah. Okay. You take half a bottle and you put it in uh, a thirty-two ounce bottle of Gatorade, and you shake it up. Does it mask it? Uh, you can't even tell it's in it. It tasted just like Gatorade. It's like a roofie for your colon. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and. Uh, so you do that the night before and it, it originally, okay. I don't know how gross I want to get, mm-hmm. ah, but what the, you know, I'm, <laughs> here we go. <clears throat> originally nice. you were supposed to drink the whole thing the night before yeah. and then you would go all night, but they mm. determined that you would go mostly in the beginning of the night. And if you didn't uh, do any prep after that, your colon fills with mucus and other stuff, so oh. it makes it more difficult for them to see what they need to see. So I had to do it the night before, and then I had to get up at, the procedure was at 8, and I had to get up at 3. to And, and you drink an 8-ounce glass, glass every... What? You had to get up at 3 a.m.? Yeah, 3 a.m., because I had to complete the rest of it within four hours of the... Oh, they, they want you squeaky clean. Yeah, they want you squeaky mm. clean. Yeah. That's really special. You had to get the snot out. Yeah, I had to, yeah. And uh, and it worked. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, when I'd walk walk around, I would, you know... <laughs> that was me. Um, 
<laughs> um, so, and so, you know, hey, you know, not that much different than a meal at Taco John's, you know. Um, so, so, <laughs> so, anyways, you know, and I have these thoughts about it, how, you know, potentially bad it's going to be, but, you know, I'm a man. Okay, that sounded... Anyways, does, yeah. <laughs> so, so I went there, and uh, they 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 usher me in, and you know you you change, and they give you an IV, and it it hurt about the the same amount as like a shot in the arm. An IV. Yeah, the IV in 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 my forearm. Mm-hmm. It was like hardly hurt at all. What and, fur? What they put in you? Well, they they walked me into the room, and I got on on my left left side. They said, uh, this is conscious sedation, they called it. <clears throat> Just what they do with like sedation dentistry kind of thing. I, I Probably. Okay. Um, the nurse before said, you're probably not going to remember much. Um, and Was she lying? No. Okay. And it was weird. It's, it was like layers of amnesia. And I'll, I'll tell you about okay. it. Anyways, so they, they were going to give, they, he said he's going to give me in the IV uh, fentanyl, which is... You know, good stuff, and then <laughs> that'll th- kill you on the street. Yeah, that'll kill you on the street. Um, I think I took a picture no. of the thing. The name? What? No, 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 oh, no, 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 no. I got. Wait a second. We don't have video here. <laughs> no, the name of the other one was uh, uh, Mida Zolam. That's it, Mida Zolam. I had uh, a <clears throat> uh, hundred milligrams of fentanyl. And six milligrams of mitozolam. Well, mitozolam is an amnesia drug. And so it's conscious sedation in that it relaxes you. The fentanyl takes you to happy town. And then the other drug makes you forget. Forget that you went to happy town. Uh, well, I mean, it wasn't really happy. I mean, I guess it would be kind. Con- you'd be kind of happy. Content town. You'd be content with uh, being anally raped, basically, you know, when it comes right down to it. But, um, so I, t- I took, <laughs> well, that's not a bad word, is it? <laughs> anyway, so I, I took the fentanyl or he, he gave the fentanyl and, the, and then he gave the other stuff and I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, when am I going to feel this? When am I going to feel this? And I'm, and I said to him, I, I think I'm feeling it now. And then, and then, you know, Davey went to happy town. Uh, the next thing I remember have you ever like woken up in the middle of the night and you're still half asleep and you don't quite know where you are and what's going on? Well, I remember that and I remember like pain in my side and then boom, another second, I was in the recovery room and then it was weird. I, I remember waking up and then if I try really hard, I can kind of remember putting on my clothes and then I can kind of remember the doctor coming in. And then I remember my father-in-law p- picking me up. Everything after that was solid. But everything before that, it was almost like a dream. Uh, because when I got home, I was like, who put my clothes on? So so and, here's my question, Dan. Yeah. This is so, I mean, th- this, th- these type of drugs th- is so fascinating to me. Anyways, what are you going to say? <clears throat> go ahead. Yeah, no, no, go go ahead. No, you can say it. 
the question I have for you. Yeah. Is <laughs> were there little green men? <laughs> Did you have to move any boxes? <laughs> right. Yes. for you to go to a shrink for the next like you should do this as an experiment for the show uh-huh if we could get you to a shrink and for the next two me? or three months oh. and let's see how that ufo experience really was oh. <laughs> <laughs> well you know and it got me thinking because they said it's conscious sedation and throughout the procedure they're going to be asking me questions wait so you potentially were talking to I, them i was conscious during that whole time did they record this no no but that would be cool. No kidding. Maybe. Are you sure? Yes, yeah, I know. I was on the grassy knoll. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it made me it made me think. <clears throat> it made me think of this. Say they capture somebody, an enemy combatant. If they torture them while they're using those drugs, mm-hmm. okay, that person against them? could could give up every bit of information and then not remember. And then do you know what I mean? That's fantastic. Yeah, isn't that amazing to, uh, to think that? I mean, you could, you could, I mean, I could have experienced, I did, I I remember feeling a little bit of pain, you know, but it was very fuzzy, and then I, I came out of it. If they would have jacked it up a little bit more, I, you know, the possibilities, the psychological possibilities are like creepy. You know what I mean? <clears throat> There's no way they're not using this already. Yeah, I know. I know. And that's a scary thing. Uh-huh. You you could you could I mean, um, imagine if if they got you in a situation and then recorded you confessing to something because you were just tortured and then and then you wake up in this bed and you're paraded in front of a judge or something and you know and you have no recollection of what you just no said. Re- recollection at all but you just sung the blues isn't that weird yeah <clears throat> what's the name of this drug uh, wait you want you want some does it come from a red a pen with a red light on top <laughs> <laughs> yeah Bzzzt. Bzzzt. M-I-D-A-Z-O-L-A-M. Now... Midazolam? Midazolam. I think that's it. Mida. Yeah, Midazolam. Midazolam. You never know. (laughs) Now, maybe it won't work, but if you have one drug that does this, 
I can't believe that um there isn't more. Yeah, what was the name of the program that they tried mind control back in the 70s or 60s and 70s? Project uh what was the mind control program that the US and then they supposedly got rid of it in the 70s. Uh-huh. Wink wink. You know what I'm talking about, right? Uh-huh. Um Yeah, I know. Oh, brother. I'll find it. Come on, prod or MK Ultra. There it is. There it is. <clears throat> MK Ultra. I mean, holy cow! The other thing is, the Soviet Union, when they would imprison Christians, a lot of times they'd send them to psychiatric hospitals, and they would use drugs to just totally rape their mind and just totally just mess them up as much as they possibly can. So imagine what's out there. Now to summarize about my experience, it was actually <laughs> uh the actual mechanics of it I wasn't too excited about, but in terms of my own personal experience, it was it was uh it was easy. It was kind of enjoyable, you know. The, the drugs that getting knocked out and just experiencing that to me, because to me, I've only been knocked out twice in my life with drugs. One was a shoulder surgery and then it was this. And I don't know. It, it it's, it's such a cool, not a cool concept. It's an intriguing concept to me <clears throat> how drugs work, especially when it comes to amnesia drugs. Yeah. Because did what I say, did it actually happen? You know, it's one of those, if, no. a, if a tree falls in the woods and nobody can see it, did it happen kind of thing. If a tree falls in, if a tree falls in the woods on a mime, does anyone care? This is the David Allen Show. Send us all your money. How much? All of it. Money, money, money. Support the show. This uh, I found the MK Ultra trigger track right here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so anyone listening, Mo, Pimp Daddy Allen, this pink Cadillac, it's happening. <laughs> the zombies are coming out. Help! Help! Oh, sorry, help it already us. happened. So this, along with your uh, my, my, whatever that drug was called, yeah, mitochondrial, whatever. Mys, uh, it was mitol, wasn't Mydol. it? Yep, mitozolan. Might have been. Might have been. Might have been. <laughs> been zolan. 
Give us your money. What? Yeah, I'm done being triggered. All right, this is the David Allen Show, and we're weird. But thanks for that riveting report of your, uh, <laughs> your back end. <laughs> so would you do it again? Yeah. On purpose or like? Well, I wouldn't like, huh, you know, this Friday, let's go to a so movie fun. or have a colonoscopy. I would probably opt for the mu- movie. Um, but uh, if I could get a hold of those drugs, ooh, no, I, I wouldn't do it because that's I'd illegal. be curious to know how it would be without drugs. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not okay. curious at all. <laughs> I think there's tons of people that we could ask. <clears throat> hey, well, here's the question. Why did they do that? You said you felt pain. You remember pain? I felt like a fuzzy pain far away. In, in that general region? Yeah, it was in my stomach. It would have hurt. You think so? Oh, yeah. So what are they doing? What did they put... Well, the uh, reason what, why uh, it hurts... Are they shoving a camera? Yeah, a huh. camera. up. And the reason why it hurts, they have to blow air into it. Ah. And then your stomach or your intestines, it's the lower intestines, not the upper intestines. They spasm. Mm. And so, yeah. <clears throat> so what is the point of this uh, to find, event? Find uh, polyps and cancer. Mm-hmm. Like they found two polyps. So what is the point of this event? Uh, to... Potentially mm-hmm. catch cancer. Mm-hmm. Sure. Before. Uh-huh. Or is it just to torment people? Is this like evil incarnate, you know? <laughs> what is the one drug that doctors are allowed to mark up and sell for profit? Uh, is it um, chemotherapy? Chemotherapy. Yeah. <clears throat> so let's do everything we can to find all the cancer in everybody. We got to find it all. We're going to look, and we might get a false positive, and we're going to have to look again. Well, um, I don't know if they get a false positive. Okay, a, pos- a positive that turns out to be not, but they got to look again. You just have to do it more often. Like, if the polyps were precancerous or cancerous, then they do, a, like, a, a scan. Everything, and then I, everything is precancerous. I, we're pre-dead. Okay. Right? Well... If Did this go back to our conversation cell, before the show? Well, I think cancer cells are cells that don't stop dividing. And, I mean, they have, there's a mutation there. So you can tell if it's cancerous, if it's not cancerous. cancerous. So if it's cancerous, you want to remove it as quickly as possible. But if it's precancerous, you just want to watch it. No, you want to remove it. Okay, so why don't they call it cancerous then? I don't know the distinction between the two. That's silly. But they said that mine were not malignant or whatever. It was boring. Yeah, benign. Boring. Mm-hmm. Boring. You know, vanilla. Ice. Ice. Baby. baby. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Jeff Bezos. You know who he is? Yes. Amazon. Yes. The billion dollar man. He lost $6 billion overnight. Oh, because Amazon didn't meet, meet its numbers or whatever. Well, after he gained, became the richest man in the world. That's ridiculous. For a morning. He was the richest person in the world for a few hours, but then he lost $6 billion overnight. Yeah, that seems like it's almost like the world's uh, sexiest man, you know. This cracks me up. This is from fortune.com. 
At least Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos can say he was once the richest person in the world. <laughs> On Thursday, after earnings expectations skyrocketed Amazon stock, Bezos dethroned longtime richest guy ever, Bill Gates, with an estimated wealth of $92 billion. But alas, it appears it wasn't meant to last. By Thursday afternoon, Amazon's reported earnings fell short of expectations, and the retail giant stock went tumbling as a result. Bezos owns 16% of Amazon shares. His wealth took a dip right along with it. CNBC, so, okay, he's not, he doesn't have $92 billion. No. Wait, that's, that's Gates. How does Gates have that much money? I thought it was 60. Gates has $92 million? Well, I, that's all estimated anyways. Well, it's, yeah, because how much is in their pocket? Not much. Yeah. I mean, it's not liquid. How much do you need in your pocket? Well, to do what? Well, to be a, a the richest guy in the world. How much do you need in your hand? Just a little bit more. Just enough, <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, the reality of the game, you in the world we live in. This if world? You, if you had, yeah. If you had... Let's say one billion dollars. Well, let's say you carried around five hundred thousand dollars always. Then, if you got stopped, the police would take it. <laughs> drug money. Yeah. But okay, let's say you had. That would be silly. Well, let's say you had a million dollars liquid, always available to you. I don't mean a, a like, actual yeah. water, but like you could go a, to available and you pull could go to a, a bank at any time. And that's in your account, sitting there, you have it. Or maybe it's in gold bars in your basement. I don't know. Okay. Maybe not gold bars. $100 bills. Crisp, new, nice, clean. $100 bills. Okay. Don't you ever, and like always, so you, let's say you take $100,000 tomorrow, there's another hundred grand in there, so you're at a million dollars. How much do you need? I mean, to, to, to for real live in our society, in our world... I mean, you could live in Dubai. It depends upon how big of a hedonist you are. Okay, do tell. Well, a hedonist is somebody who loves pleasure. Whatever gives you pleasure. If your pleasure is partying there or buying stuff. There are 24 hours in a day. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you were like the type of person that likes to buy towns, like if you burned, full towns, if you burned. like Schitt's Creek. <laughs> <laughs> and well, yeah, but the ones that are for sale are crap. <laughs> Um, well, have you ever been up Chips Creek? It's it's great place to live. Anyway, sir. Uh-huh. I lost my paddle up there. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. What could you possibly do with that much money? Yeah. So let let's say you burn now. You no, know, I don't think it's realistic to spend a million dollars in a day. What could you do to spend a million dollars in a day short of gambling? That would be the only... Buy a house? Every day. I don't think you could buy a house in a day. Okay. That's a good point. Buy, buy, um, buy 20 houses No, and then a have day. a staff, uh, a full staff at each house. And so you just, just paying the people. Okay. million dollars a day. You could go to Tiffany's Perhaps. and buy jewelry. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. So you could buy a million dollar necklace every day. If you did that, that's three hundred sixty-five million dollars a year. Mm-hmm. 
How many of those would you have to buy in order to come close to touching a billion dollars? Well, th- do that's three years. Times. Right. Yeah, but that assumes you have zero more income coming mm-hmm. in. Yeah. My point is, in today's society, unless you... I, I, I don't even know how opulent you could live. But here's the thing. The people that are billionaires, unless they inherited the money, the, they became a billionaire because they delayed gratification. Mm-hmm. They loved... They, I mean, they loved the power. They loved working hard. It wasn't about con, um, consuming what they made. It was about saving mm-hmm. and reinvesting. So they're not the type of people that would ever spend like that. The only people that would spend like that are... Trust fund babies. Yeah, trust fund mm-hmm. babies or like uh, Justin Bieber when he got all, you know, or mm-hmm. you, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And then at a certain point... <clears throat> It'll run dry, or they'll kill themselves, or they'll die of a drug overdose, or but, they'll. But come even to still, though, let's say you have an influx of lots of money. Yeah, that level of spending it doesn't continue. Well, it can't. Well, if, yeah, like it, like you said. Right. You, so I mean, is, let's say you have no houses and no cars. Well, you're going to spend a lot of money buying those. But mm-hmm. once they're bought, what do you do? Maybe buy a new one. Well, but you're not having that same outgo. I mean, well, you, you like buy a twenty million dollar mansion. Johnny Depp is in financial issues, in financial troubles. He's in mental troubles. As well, well, yeah, there's that too, because he bought an island and he yeah. bought a bunch of all this other kind of stuff, and he can't keep up On with it. Credit, I bet, not because he had that much cash laying around. Well, yeah, yeah. Because who, uh, well, who obviously, does? Obviously, I mean, short yeah. of the mob in the White House, but yeah. Um, I'm just curious. Because I mean, I, if you're a, a 90 plus billionaire, okay, what does that do for you? Mm-hmm. Really? I think it's power more than anything. Prestige? Well, you know, all of them, pretty much all of them, have the same type of personality traits mm-hmm. and pretty much all of them get to a certain point and then, except for a few, get to a certain point and then they become like globalists. The and whatnot. God concept. The yeah. God, um, mob, what's that called? Yeah, Messiah complex. <laughs> yeah, they're complex, that's the word, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and then they want to... Save the world. Save the world, mm-hmm. but they want to save it in... Their know, way. Yeah. Yeah. And all the... The useless eaters out there—they don't know what they what's best for them, and they do so in their, you know, immeasurable uh, wisdom, wisdom and compassion. Mm-hmm. They're going to mm-hmm. do X, Y, Z. Much, yeah, yeah, totally X, Y, Z. Yeah, <laughs> not that one. But you know, like uh, lottery winners. I mean, I think we've talked about this. I think if I if I won the lottery, it would destroy me. It would be like. And I could say that it wouldn't. I could say I'd give all this money away. But I think at a certain point, if like if, if I won $100 million, I'd give a bunch of it away. But another thing I would do is I'd probably travel some, and I'd probably go places, and I'd have exposure to certain things that I don't have now and I never will have, that it would be easy for the line to become more gray and fuzzy on what I would mm. do and I what I wouldn't do. <clears throat> the only way that you could 
survive as a lottery winner is if the minute the money you came in, you immediately gave it all away or the majority and just left an annuity, some annuity for to live on. And, you know, I heard a comedian talking about 59 billion. That's how much Bill Gates had when the guy was telling this little story. He said, he said, it's really hard to understand how much that is, but he says it's like if you won a hundred million dollar lottery and then you won it again next week and then next week and you did that for 600 straight weeks. He said, the odds are, I mean, he said, that's almost unheard of. That kind of <laughs> almost unheard of. Yeah. It's too much money. Yeah. Yeah, so Gates apparently has $90 billion. Well, he's worth $90 That's billion. That's what I mean. Yeah. And Bezos <laughs> surpassed him by $500 million <laughs> for a minute and then back down again. Uh-huh. $500 million. Well, and it's weird because it's Amazon. I mean, you can make the point, I think you could make a pretty good case that Microsoft is giving something is is doing a service Microsoft or Gates Gate well that's where isn't that where all of his money comes from from owning Microsoft stock probably yeah so they're doing a service oh Amazon's not and well Amazon it's a very, they, it's concierge service two day shipping yeah yeah <laughs> but you want anything at your fingertips just push a button yeah but um a company doesn't need Amazon you know a company doesn't need next day service typically a company doesn't need a school doesn't necessarily need all that. So but you're, all but those you're need Microsoft. That's why products. Amazon keeps shipping me emails saying, hey, convert your account to a business account. We notice you buy a lot of things that are business related, things that typical businesses buy. Why don't you upgrade for free to a business account? Yeah. No, that might be They're the going case. After that market. But if you're if you're looking at a foundry that makes castings, um, they're not going to be shopping at Amazon to get a, a huge part for one of their, uh, uh, you know, one of their machines that melts steel. You have to have um, creamer and sugar for from someone. Yeah, they don't buy that from the grocery store mm, yeah. or Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> but they all, but they all need computers in order to run. So that was my. When point. markets opened on Thursday, which was yesterday. Bezos had a net worth of ninety point six billion dollars. Billion dollars, putting him five hundred million ahead of Gates. Amazon stock opened up one point. Now this is crazy. It opened up one point six percent on Thursday. That one point six percent bump added one point four billion dollars to Bezos' net worth, and he owns what sixteen percent of Amazon stock. Oh, I don't know. Holy cow! He owns sixteen percent. Mm-hmm. That was enough to put him ahead of Gates, who was last surpassed on Forbes' real-time rankings for just two days nearly a year ago by Spanish retail giant Amancio Ortega. Oh. Forbes started tracking billionaires around the globe in 1987. Bezos is now the seventh person to hold the title of the world's richest person and the third American to top the global ranks besides Gates and Warren Buffett. 
So, but that was only for like a day. Which I don't think that should count. You shouldn't be, yeah, start of the day and end of the day. Yeah. It shouldn't count. Yeah, exactly. You shouldn't be on the list. No, I'm with you. That, to me, that's like um, calling the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers the winners of the NBA championship because in the third quarter, they were ahead. Exactly. No, I'm, I'm with you. I totally or the, agree. Or the Derby winner <laughs> yeah. was four yeah. horses he was back four horses with, yeah. a, with an eighth to go. Yeah. Yeah. So he didn't win. Sir, so you're saying they should average it over a set period of time. Correct. Like a year. Or don't do it at all, because who really gives a crap? Obviously, somebody does. Well, Forbes does. Yeah, but They're, people read that. Well, that's true. They're advertisers. Do you ever do this? Do you ever uh, come up with a celebrity? You know, think of a celebrity and then type in network, net worth to find the net worth of these. Because they have a website out there that supposedly te- will tell you the net worth of, you know, Scott Bayo or, you know. So who? <clears throat> who are we looking up? I don't know. Who do you what? think? I just, yeah, I was just asking a question if you had done it. How about, um, oh, let's see. What's Potsy's name from Happy Days? <laughs> What's his name? <laughs> um, Anson Williams. That's it. Let's see what Anson Williams' net worth is. Uh, Barack Obama's current net worth, apparently, twelve point. Hey, we're not talking dollars. about that hack. Hey, he's a celebrity. What is Anson Williams' net worth? Peanut gallery. What say ye? Four hundred fifty-seven thousand. Four hundred fifty-seven thousand. What do you say? Do Do you even know who Potsy is? Have you ever heard of Happy Days TV show? Yeah, I'm not old. Do you know who Potsy is? I'm not is? as old as you colonoscopy guy. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know who Potsy is? No. Okay. Well, to us old people, it's $1.8 million. How much is Nancy Pelosi worth? I, uh, you want to know? No, I'm, I'm, tell- I'm asking you. I, I have it here. I'm asking. Oh. Um... $30 million. Oh, 29.35. Get out of here. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, my gosh. That was great. I'm so proud in of myself. In 14, oh, she could be worth more than that now. In 14, 2014, she was ranked 15th out of 50 wealthiest members of Congress. I want to say, is Feinstein one of the richest? I don't know. Stinking rich elites. All of them need to be kicked out. Have I mentioned I hate government? No, no. Not this show yet. I did, hey, I just did. Hey, um, David, I hate government. You you hate government? It's not my favorite thing. Now, do you hate government or do you hate... I hate the way our government entitled people are. Self-entitled ah, people. Government agents. <clears throat> bureaucrats. You hate bureaucrats. Well, okay. Going back to the human planet. There is a group of a group that there's a uh, in the deep in the Amazon rainforest. There is uh, a people that are they say the most primitive, un like untouched people, and they only view them from the air, from a kilometer away with a 
long lens, which is creepy to think about. Are you sure this isn't? There's an island right off of India that has a good size island that has a tribe there. Oh, the one that comes out and shoots at you if you try? Yeah. yeah, no, this is different. Okay. Um, and it, it, it inter- interested me because the guy that's trying to protect them, uh, he says in order to protect the, the forest they're in from people is to prove they're there and that they are, you know, they're there. And he said they're the they're f- there? freest, they're there, they're the freest people on the planet. And how do they know this? From a kilometer away through a camera? Well, well um, the way I took what he, what he said there, there's no taxes. Who do they pay taxes to? They don't have to pay rent. They don't do anything on the ground. Okay, let me ask you a question. Is a sparrow free? Is, a, is an eagle free? Is, it that, is a bird free? Free as a bird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, but it's enslaved to gravity, weather, other predators. You're missing the point, though. No, well, I, yes and no. No. I think I, I personally don't. I mean, don't you think? Maybe you don't think. But don't. Wait a second. I think. <laughs> don't you think that our standard, the way we live, and... um is nicer than 150 years ago. But it costs us something. Yes, it does. But so, 150 but years the, ago, the point. if like if your children um, came out C-section, now, 150 years ago, they might have died. So it would have cost you a child or maybe all your children or maybe your wife to live 150 None of them years did, ago. So. Okay, but do you have any friends that you adore or friends that were C-section? So you see my point. Well, uh, I'm playing the devil's advocate. Sorry. Something. My, my point is there's the no, they're not beholden to any government. They're not beholden to any rule other than the laws of nature. And the tribe, maybe it's a oh, maybe, cannibalistic maybe so. tribe. tribe. Quite, quite likely. Okay. But they're not beholden to outside influence other than God. Okay. That's the point. And so I got to thinking. Okay. You know some government is going in there saying, holy cow, these people, they, oh, they, they're, they're trespassing. Uh-huh. They're on our land. Who owns the Amazon rainforest? I don't know. Does anyone? Does a government own that? Do they claim to own it? Are these people squatters? Would they write some legislation to go rip them out? Because yeah, who has the title to this land? Yeah. yeah, who has that? So then I come back into South Dakota, the United States. How who determines that the state of South Dakota owns owns and has the right and the authority to decide who gets to harvest animals? Mm-hmm. Who gives them that right? Um, didn't we, did we not leave the king in Europe? Didn't we float away from England and fought a war to get away from that? The king's deer. Really? So now we have the same thing. But I can't go out and shoot a deer unless I pay a fee, a a ransom fee. uh Um, back in the twenties, ransom access bribe. 
Got to ba- pay off the feds. Back in the 20s in California, there was a lake bed that had dried up. It was during the Dust Bowl years. And um, the people in this area, they farmed corn and whatnot. But one thing that they would do is they would kill off, anytime they saw, I believe it was coyotes and things like that, they would kill them off wholesale. And for like a two-year period, <clears throat> the conditions were r- perfect for mice to reproduce. And in this, in this, I don't know, probably a 20, 30, 40 square mile area, there were hundreds of millions of mice to the point where you would walk in the house, in your house, and there would be a thousand mice running across the floor, running up on you. Now what had happened is, is they killed off too many of the predators, the people did. And what the government did is they came in and they um, brought in predators, they brought in all, you know, and they they balanced it out and eventually um, the ecosystem came back into balance. Now, what I'm saying is, I'm not saying that the government should do everything. I'm saying that is an example that people point to on why they're going to regulate what you can shoot, when you can shoot, how you can shoot. Because people are stupid, and so they use examples of people being stupid as the pretext to control other aspects of your life, in my opinion. Well, I think you're correct, obviously, because that's where we're at. My problem is, why are we here? How has it gotten this far? How have we gotten back to where we have to go ask permission Mm-hmm. To our overlords in the government, uh-huh. whether we can go out and shoot an animal, why do we have to ask permission for that? That that's what I don't understand. I I think another question is: Are we so stupid? Are we so self? Well, yes, we're so self-centered to where we don't care about anything. Are we so godless that we don't care about? This is a redundant question. <laughs> But I mean, I think it's that's the seeds of this idea that people are basically ignorant mm-hmm. and that we need to, you know, mother them from cradle to grave and, you know, the ignorant masses type of thing. But why is it that we have to only do like like the conservation has to come from the government, the management, wildlife management has to come from the government. Why? Why um, why can't that be private? <clears throat> okay. Because let me, almost, let me give all, you, almost all of the, the, the real hunters that I know, mm-hmm. they want to maintain the, the harvest. They want to maintain our, our lush environment. They okay. don't want to hurt it. Okay, so say a guy comes in mm-hmm. with a, a semi-automatic rifle that can, um, and he's, he's a very good shot, and he's a very good hunter, and he comes into an area and he kills every single deer just recruit him as a sniper you'll be fine okay <laughs> but see that that's i mean he killed or maybe a group of really good hunters come in and kill every single or somebody goes to one of the lakes around here and gets a big boat and has the best technology to harvest and he goes from from lake to lake to lake and he hi- harvests he comes through and he just takes all the fish so there's a fraction of the fish when it's when it's over and then he just goes to the next lake and and he just it, 
and when people go to him, what are you doing this for? Screw you. I can do what I want. This is a free country. Does government regulate how many seeds can be planted and how much harvest can come out of the ground by a, a farmer on private land? I don't know. I don't know. Can they? I, I don't think so. Oh. I'm just saying, I mean, there's there's reasons because there's knuckleheads out well, there. I, I know that, but my the issue I have is why is government the answer? Because there's why knuckleheads we, out there. I mean, like sheriff, like having law enforcement. If you don't have law enforcement, if you don't have ordinances, if you don't have titles, but the but the question is, at what point do you stop? And and there might not be an answer. It might be like like rust, that a little bit of rust isn't that big of a deal, or a little bit of something helps, but then it it builds and it builds and it builds and it becomes something that's unbearable, and then you have to start all over from scratch. I mean, maybe that's the answer. Because, I mean, you could find legitimate reasons why, because you can always find some knucklehead out there who's going to do something mm -hmm. that is going to, re because there are knuckleheads out there, mm -hmm. it's going to require ordinances and laws and stuff to protect other people that, that can't protect themselves from these knuckleheads. But then, but then the tolerance of knuckleheadedness gets less and less and less and less don't you think? I mean, to the point where... Well, if we went back 100 years mm -hmm. to the, the... Well, two maybe. To the West. The mm -hmm. old West. If people were idiots, the town rousted them. But what if the town didn't? Well... What if it was controlled by the idiots who were doing these things? Because they had more guns than everybody else and they had more money and they could bribe people. Well, that, that, <clears throat> there you go. Yeah. So then you have certain towns that are corrupt. Yeah. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> wait, we talking about now or back then? <laughs> Which one? But theoretically, there's, an, uh, there's a way to... Uh... But how is it that government decides they own the fish? But do they own the fish? Of course they do. They own control of them. I can't go pick up a fish without a license. Um, I mean, you, you can, but if you if the warden's out there, you're in trouble. Okay, this is probably some of the reasoning. We're going to do the most good for the most number of people, and that will require that we minimize the amount of fish that are harvested every year so that it's within balance so that the most number of people can enjoy fishing. Don't you so think now, that's the so, reason? Okay, so then we have turned fishing into strictly an entertainment. Yes. Which I think it is for a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, in today's society, you don't typically have to go hunt or fish in order to eat. Some people do. They they choose that. Mm -hmm. But it's typically cheaper to go buy it at the grocery store. Yeah, true. However, I hate that we have gotten to this point where government's the answer. Our road system. Oh, well, we can't do it because government does it best. Government is the only one that can handle our roads. Garbage. Okay. I, I don't think they can. I the was... reason we go on this is because... Over the generations, we have been giving up and giving up and giving up freedoms so we can have niceties. Let me give you an example. I There's this podcast that I, or a, a, a YouTube channel that I follow, and it's two, two Westerners who live in China. They both are married to Chinese women. One is from South Africa. One is from America. And they talk about Chinese culture and whatnot. And so... One episode, it was like 20 minutes long. It was talking about why is everything run down in China? When you go around China, everything's run down and dirty. And 
he pointed to this apartment building that he lives in and he says when you go up into the um into the apartments you open up the door and it's like luxury and marble and it's wonderful but when you go out into the hallway it's just garbage and just nasty and the the light in this elevator has been broken for 6 months and um it's dirty outside why is that and the reason why in the chinese culture nobody does anything for anybody else mm. it's not my responsibility i have my apartment i don't own this elevator so i'm not going to replace the light bulb so then if you have a culture that's like that how do you get a nice elevator if everybody says that's not my elevator and i'm not going to give any of my money to pay for this elevator well, why would the government then if it's the culture but but okay an, an example outside their house mm-hmm. there's garbage everywhere on the streets uh this isn't when people walk by they just throw the garbage down because i don't want to carry this and this isn't my place so why why would i care i don't live here so at a certain point you either live with the garbage or you decide, no, we're not going to do this. And the only way to do that is to enforce it. So maybe the, maybe the, the problem is uh, mankind is dark and depraved. Well, I, that, the, more, the more outside control that we want, and this is from the inception of the U.S. The less responsibility you're willing to take, the I more th- control you're going to give well i think so but also the more things we ask for uh we want safe streets well that's true yeah we want our garbage picked up Mm -hmm. we want uh, a water system well in order to do that you have to then give up some freedom absolutely and the, the what i find frustrating is we are so far down the road i don't have a choice well i think unless i'm a system bucker i i think in 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 my opinion, I think it should be a lot like states' rights. Okay. Where if you're like, if if you're um, the type of person that says, you know, why do I have to why do I have to go in on the sewer? I want to drill my own well in town. I want to do. I want to have my own septic. I don't want to have to rely upon any of of the, these things. Um, then maybe it should be. Um, that there are areas where people can live that they can decide to live that way and you give up you you uh attain more freedom by giving up convenience by doing that the problem is is that um i i think that the government is a um is is um, insatiable in its desire to control people. Mm-hmm. And so to do that sort of thing, they they wouldn't do that because that would be giving up control over other people. So, I, I mean, I'm with you on this. Um, but it, it's to me, it seems like it once you let the horse out of the barn, you're not getting it back in. That these decisions should have been made a long time ago. Right. And since now we're well past that, and unless you have an event that resets everything, this is just the so, way. So we just continue down the road and there's nothing to do. Or have a revolution. 
Because there really is no fix. No. Because, well, first of all, when you give the populace the option of voting themselves benefits, yeah, then you're, you're, you're lost. Yeah. When you give Congress the option of voting themselves more money and voting themselves uh, an, an unending job, mm-hmm. and then you put dues on all of these committee seats that write the bills. Mm -hmm. So when these Congress members are in these committees, they only got there because they're willing to pay a million dollars or half a million dollars or $200,000 for the seat they're in. And that money comes from business owners and rich people in their communities, perhaps, or maybe in the country. Mm -hmm. And then you're telling me they're not beholden to these people for, uh, I mean, you're not telling me that, but they're not going to be beholden to them for, Mm -hmm. For favors, so we have a horribly corrupt system. I hate, I don't understand how we can't. Well, I do because it to change would take bloodshed, and that's not pretty. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to talk about that. Nobody wants to see it. And there's not enough people that are offended enough to. Well, want no, to do because that. Th- there's more and more people that are in the in the the category of getting free crap, mm-hmm. and the more free stuff you get the more you become enslaved to uh, the giver. Mm-hmm. And that giver happens to be this ubiquitous government mm-hmm. that is becoming everywhere. And it's huge, and it's an eye-in-the-sky kind of monster. And but pe- people like me who I, I, I don't want to have, I don't want to be a Lavoie Finicum and try to, you know, buck the system and get, end up getting shot by the feds. What the only option is, okay, you put your head down and you're a sheep and you follow the line. Well, you don't necessarily have to. Kinda. If you don't, they come at you with guns. But if you don't do what? Anything they say. If I don't follow the rules, eventually yeah, somebody w- with a gun will come try to take it but and make what, me do it. What rules are offensive? Any of them. If if I have a vehicle on my property that doesn't have the the money paid tag to drive around in the city, that becomes a crime. Mm-hmm. And if you don't pay it, well, then it becomes another crime. Yeah, and but then eventually the crime becomes so much that they come take you to jail. And if you don't go with them, they will pull out a gun and make you go. But then somebody could say, "Well, then move." Okay. I'm all right with some, like a homeowner association makes, you know, the, the concept, we're going to put money into a system, an infrastructure system, but your problem makes sense, but, but that's a choice. Exactly. That's, that's, that's the thing that, that angers you. Correct. Is that I don't have a if choice. they told you ahead of time, this is, this is right. part, this is the cost of you living here. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Totally agree. Yeah. I did not realize moving to this town I live in that it is illegal to not have garbage service. Illegal. Like they'll give you a, a, a fine. You don't pay the fine, they give you another one. You don't pay it, you go to jail. And you know why? Pro- well, I'm. And, and again, it's control. It, but, but it goes back to this whole thing. You're, I mean, it's all slippery slope. It's back to the, well, they came in and they killed all the coyotes. And so we got to stop that. Mm-hmm. I get that. But I hate that. Mm-hmm. A homeowners association, I get to choose. If I buy into an apartment building, or if I buy into a big, you know, a 
townhouse infrastructure. Mm-hmm. I, I know typically what I'm getting because it's all laid out there. Here's your cost of this. And in order to be a part of this association or you live at the lake in a certain neighborhood, they have road fees and different stuff because we got to maintain the road. Yes, that's cool. But it's this whole idea that I don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. I don't have a choice to pay taxes. Mm-hmm. And if I don't, I, I can get shot. Mm-hmm. I can die from that. And that's dangerous. And well, this a, is theft. Another At some point, it's theft. Because uh, if somebody can walk up to me with a gun and demand that I give them money. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I, I didn't sign up for the game, except I was born. But, but you could choose to do something, and that is stop working. Move to uh, a nanny state. Canada? <laughs> well, just across the border. <laughs> that works out. And then yeah. you go into their socialist system, and that's yep. not good. Well, you, you probably get better health care. Um, not working for a living over there. Well, that could be probably get phone <laughs> and a place, and you'll get fat because you'll you'll get enough food to eat, and you'll get cable, and you'll well, get heck, internet. If I don't pay my taxes, I'll just let the guy take me to jail, and I'll get those things too. Well, right, and some loving. <laughs> <laughs> Call who, back to the colonoscopy. Who, who needs a doctor for that? <laughs> just without the uh, amnesia drug. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Back I don't know. when you need it the most. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. It's just been eating me the last several weeks, just th- this whole idea. And I'm not against taking care of our town and taking care of the country. I'm not against that. I think the whole fundamental idea that the, old, the best person to do it is the government, that's where I have a problem. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that there is a better system. There could be a better system. But so much of our society has bought into the system because we've had to. We haven't had a choice. Social Security, I don't have an option. I should. But I would think that you would need, in order for there to be a better citizen, you need a system, you'd need better citizens. Well, true. So True. But I'm, the problem, the system is making worse citizens. Exactly. exactly. So it, it, it's a spiral that might need a reset. Well, it is. I mean, I, I, I would imagine it's like... You know, satellites that go around, eventually the orbit de- uh, degrades and then they get caught and they come in and they burn up and they die. I mean, it seems like every every society follows that mm-hmm. that basic trajectory. And at a certain point, unless you put a whole lot of energy into it to push it back into orbit, yeah, I mean, like there's no way that barring some uh, fourth turn event, Mm -hmm. there's no way that this is going to get any better because it can't. It can't. It it has to go worse until it's the breaking point. And now it's to the point where even common sense things, what is wrong is right and what is Mm -hmm. right is wrong. And Mm -hmm. when when you're believing just outrageous, stupid things that make absolutely no sense, but you're penalized if you don't believe it, uh, you know, that society can't last. <clears throat> no, it'll eat itself. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what it's doing. Mm-hmm. It's funny, Richard Dawkins, who, uh, you know, atheist. Famed atheist. Famed atheist. Hates Christians. <laughs> hates religion. Well, he just got eaten by his own. Um, he w- he was going to speak at the UCLA, but then they found out he said some negative things oh, about Oh, that's uh, right, Muslims. Islam. Yes. Yeah. About, yes. Yeah. They, yeah. There you have it. There you go. 
speaking of uh, Richard Dawkins, you know who Stephen Hawking is. Oh, yeah. He said here a few weeks ago, because we pulled out of the, the Paris Climate Accords. We're the, going to die. He said the Earth is going gonna, is gonna to reach 450 degrees. Ha! <laughs> uh-huh. uh, and so... So basically, we're going to be Venus. Well, a few a few things come to my mind. <laughs> Did he really say that? Because he doesn't talk. He, he, <laughs> Maybe he the programming that. went bad. Was that was that a hoax? Uh, and maybe. and if it wasn't a hoax, if he really did say that, um, and people, he's not the smartest man in the world. Yeah, exactly. Or even even remotely close to say that. And um, so. That we could report that, and you hear it, and he just, you know, his little robotic voice. Yeah. Um, and, oh, that's what he said. That's a shocking prediction by Stephen Hawking. Yeah, like, why should we listen to him? It's like, and they they say it on the news, and then and, and in another news. Uh, and it just gets spoken, and we go on with something else. like Truth. You need to say, shut up, you're crazy. That's not true. Well, people don't understand that scientists, um, that when you get a PhD, your focus is in a very, very small slice. Like I took a physics class in college, and the, the guy was great, but his focus was on optics in physics. So he has a PhD in physics, but his focus was on optics. It wasn't on astrophysics. It wasn't on biology. It wasn't on geography. It wasn't on, it was, you know, it wasn't on any of that. And yet he could go out and talk and make some declaration about whatever, and people will latch on to it like he has. Well, if you ask him about optics, yeah, yeah, listen to what he has to say. But if he's talking philosophy or anything else, he's as dumb as anybody. <laughs> <clears throat> I mean, that's nothing. Richard Dawkins, uh, Bill Nye, the science guy, uh, 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 Stephen Hawking, they came out and saying um, philosophy is dead. Um, philosophy is stupid. We shouldn't use philosophy. And uh, they were making philosophical comments. You, they were using philosoph- uh, philosophy to say that philosophy is dead. Uh, and, you know, people were trying to tell them about it, and they wouldn't listen to them. So they were... They were uh, educated beyond the point of learning, evidently. Um, <clears throat> when someone says there's no absolutes, you just ask them, are you sure? Yes, yes. Are you absolutely sure? Clearly. Yeah. There's too much silly things that get said, and the... Populous says, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Time Magazine, the front of Time Magazine right now has a picture of Donald Jr. Uh-huh. And says, red-handed. That's the headline. Red-handed? Red-handed. He has red hands. Well, what, what does that mean? Like, you glance through that, and what you see is you see, holy crap, they caught him red-handed. Done. And there's no question. And then that's the, what you're assuming. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then there's there's like a whole text list, 
like uh, a, an email chain down in like in a opaque font or a, a translucent font right on top of him. Hillary info, uh, obviously very high level, and it's it's the email chain that apparently he had. Uh, re- subject: Russia, Clinton, private and confidential, and that's what it's showing over top of him with a big headline that says "red-handed." So by you, you're in the grocery line. You see that? Oh, they caught Donald Jr. red-handed. Done. Yeah, it's criminal. Put him in jail. Yep. That's all you see, yep. and that's all you all you do. So Time Magazine tells the truth because they're on the shelf. I mean, yeah, they're right beside Glamour, uh, and right by the the soap opera Digest, which that cracks me up. That's a made up bullcrap. Yeah, the whole thing is a <laughs> lie. Yeah, but we gotta have it to see what's going on. Well, who buys this? Yeah, exactly. That's my who point. Who buys soap opera Digest? I mean, obviously somebody does because I they hope. wouldn't do it. And obviously, people watch it. I just, I'm just not familiar. (laughs) Me neither. It was fascinating, though. I mean, I could see back in the day um, when they had so few choices that maybe that was appealing. But there are, you have so many options now. I don't know why any, and it's just every new thing comes out is Mm -hmm. more exciting or more CGI or. Well, and I find myself going to uh, either a podcast mm-hmm. to listen to, or I'll, there's a couple YouTube channels I follow. Uh-huh. And one kid, he's a blacksmith in Europe, and he every day he puts out a new video. And it's fast, it's 10 minutes long. It's fun. Mm-hmm. He's good. It's compelling. It's a good video work. He's energetic, makes you smile and want to have a good day. Mm-hmm. And he beats some metal and makes something cool. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So I'd I'd rather do that than ever turn on a cable channel. Yeah. Or or cable news, Are you kidding? How can you be up in arms that Wonder Woman shaves her armpits? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't even Can exist. you believe it? Yeah. Yeah. It's a social construct. <laughs> but then you have people like John McCain. Ugh. Get out, quit. Not that I wish the guy ill, but quit. Get out. How long has he been there? In public. Out loud, anyway. <laughs> no, I don't wish him ill. I just wish he'd stop. I'm sick and tired of... I, I, I am sick and tired of all the politicians that still are there. If anyone's been there more than two terms in either House or Senate, they should be kicked out, all of them. Well, I think that should apply to, at every level of government. Absolutely. Yeah. President on down. And, and you know, and maybe three for the house since it's only two terms. I don't care. Make how, about, it, how about number of years or something like well, that? We'll make it the same. Well, a Senate term is six years, correct? So it'd be twelve years. Twelve years Senate. for them and six years for the house. Three yeah. three terms if they're lucky enough to get done. Yeah. Then you're out. Everyone yeah. gets to be there longer than the president. Mm-hmm. Potentially. Now is it? Well, not the house, but. Now, well, yeah. What what term. what are your thoughts about politics in general? So, what I mean by that is, if somebody, um, if it was six years, twelve years, and four years, is it the maximum somebody could be in politics would be twenty two years or no twenty six years? You mean they could do all three of those things? They could do sure. all those absolutely three of those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. <clears throat> Would so there wouldn't be like a limit in the amount, but see, that's that's the issue too because of states' rights. 
somebody, if there's a state that, like California, that has no problem with politicians and thinks government's the answer for everything, I mean, you know, you well, could have somebody. At the state level, the, the, they could. But at the federal no, level. Yeah, at the federal level, yeah. I think that's controlled. Yeah. I mean, it is controlled by the corporate interest of the United States, but... Yeah. Um, like in South Dakota, there's um, term limits in the yep. in our legislature. Legislature. Yeah, there's a guy from this county that was Speaker of the House, and then he hit the term limit. And yeah, and you're just out. That's how it works. And I think that's great. It forces new blood in the game. Mm-hmm. It forces new ideas. And I wish we had that at the national level. And like I, all the fear is, <clears throat> well, because people don't know how stuff runs. You know what? That's okay. Because there's going to yeah. be the sergeant at arms that's going to be able to tell people when to walk in, when not. There's dress codes. There's all kinds of stuff that will exist. And maybe the bills wouldn't be 2000 Well, here, here's well, the other thing. Go. Here's the other thing. If there's going to be term limits for politicians, there should be term limits for lobbyists mm. and companies. You can only lobby so long. Or get rid of all lobbyists. Oh, that'd be you great. Know, um, but then nothing would get done that wouldn't have any outside influence. Are you telling me these Congress people know how to write? Yeah. They don't know Jack. Yeah. I mean, old stupid Greg Walden from Oregon is stating that it's time for the government to legislate the internet. Bullcrap. It's not time for that, even though Jay seems to think it is. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, he does? Oh, are you kidding? He no, does. <laughs> legislate, it, legislate it in what way? I, anyway is too much. Oh. In my is, mind. Is he, but wasn't the discussion where you look at the internet more like utility? Sure. And so, the is he thinking more legislate that everybody would have access to the internet? He thinks equal access, equal across access the board. across mm-hmm. the board. Okay, uh, my understanding. If he's listening, I, that's my understanding of what his belief is. Which I I think that's not a outrageous. But what if people don't? But you don't have to have it at this point. You don't. Now, here we go again. We're running down this mud hill. Mm-hmm. It's hard to go back because we go to keep going down here and more and more and more becomes reliant on this fiber backbone. If the fiber backbone doesn't exist, what do we do? Well, so now we've got to control it because we you know people can't handle not having it. It's got to work. So we're willing to give up our dang freedoms for some security. Here's one thing, though. Tell me what you think about this. In terms of consuming things, um, uh, fuels, food, other things, if if it required one percent of the of the um, land area of the United States, uh, that the amount of farmable land has to increase by one percent every year. In order, in order to keep up? In order to keep up. So well, There's a finite amount of land. Exactly. There's a finite. And Why do you think we have GMO corn? It, exactly. <laughs> and everything else. Yep. But people would, would get serious about stuff. Mm-hmm. They might um, look at it and go, hey, we got to curb how we're eating. Mm-hmm. We got to curb because we know that there's a finite amount. Um, but they don't think that way when it comes to um like uh like um 
you know, the iPhones. Mm-hmm. They have an analyst that says, you know, it should increase X, X percent every single year. You know, you know, that's the expectation. Mm-hmm. That seems reasonable. The stock market is reasonably should increase eight to ten percent every year over time. But they don't stop and think, well, that's that's a compound function. That's or that's an exponential function. And at a certain point, uh, how how are how are we going to survive? I mean, how at a certain point, certain things will have to hit a ceiling. Mm-hmm. Um, people don't really, people don't really think that um, that we need to be thoughtful about how we actually uh, uh, thoughtful about what is expected in our economy and expected in in consuming things. You know well, what I mean? This, the an example of that concept is in advertising. Yeah. In radio, you are limited to 24 hours a day. Yeah. In, on, in a newspaper or magazine, you're limited to a piece of paper mm-hmm. and how much real estate is on that paper. Compare that to the internet. You advertise on a screen, there is no limit to the availability of space. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, you may end up with a cluttered look, but that's not the point. There's room. Mm-hmm. You go to a newspaper, they have, say they have 12 pages available. You run out, there's no room. You have to wait. Mm-hmm. You don't have an option. Mm-hmm. Or they add pages and then, you know, so, uh, but, but there's, it's a, there's a finite amount of space. On the interweb, there's, it's infinite. There's no, there, there's no scarcity of, uh, of real estate. But don't you think that that... For the average person, there there is a um, a finite amount of attention or time. Sure, and so in a, in a certain way, if you think that the internet is infinite in terms of advertisement, you would be potentially incorrect because there's a finite resource, there's a finite amount of time or well, focus. Th- this is why, for example, Facebook just changed their autoplay video to be sound on by default oh so you now scroll with the sound on you can turn it off but by default to enhance the experience and allow you to save time so they're catering to this short shallower mentality this really quick mindset that you know bam 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 i gotta have it so someone you scroll up and the video is playing with sound you don't even have to touch it to get the sound it's already there yeah wow yeah, that's that's not good for no. anybody. I mean, and that's that's the other thing. Ha, has anybody even realistically studied the impact that this is having on the human brain, or on people in general, or on society, or on families? It's the speed of everything. They're yeah. so fast. There's just no attention span anymore. Yeah. Who can sit down and read a book? Well, if you, if you can't. If you can't get a serious study mm-hmm. that is accepted, I know there are serious studies, but a serious study accepted about GMO foods and mm-hmm. stuff like that without you being sued by the, you know, right. by the companies. And, yeah. Um, you're not going to get anything on that. And that, again, which goes back to who's going to 
how is that even possible? How will that ever stop? Mm -hmm. Because the powers that be have a vested interest in, in those organizations and companies because they're giving them so much money. Yeah. So it seems like this isn't going to end well. So we're at an impasse. Hey, that we are. Hi there, lad. This is the David Allen Show. Somber moments. Somber <laughs> moments. <laughs> yes, yes. Sorry. I thought I was crying. Let's on the jump inside. right into Uncle Ted. Just, just real quick, right, right in Uncle oh, Ted. FBI agents and some politicos and some shit kickers come together. Welcome to Kansas City, Missouri. We're downtown area. That's probably all backwards. That's the tough shit. Anyhow, what a great day. So today is, um, is today Friday, July 28th? I think he's drunk. Are you kidding me? Here's the exaltation and alert from Uncle Ted. On the rock and roll American dream shit kicker road on Friday, July 28, 2017. I've got a new grandson, Felix. Felix was born at 107 this morning. And uh, congratulations to Aaron and Toby. What a what a great celebration. So uh, that's Can Uncle Ted Nugent. Uh, just it's live on Facebook. Uh, wandering about the tarmac of an airport because he's an elite and he can. And he's a rocker. Who's going to stop him? True, true. <laughs> it, just, it popped up on, on my face bag feed. I thought it'd be funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, have you been paying any attention? Are you on face bag anymore? I'm just barely a drive-by. Have you been paying any attention to this... Uh, the United Pentecostal Church International's General Youth Congress? No. Indianapolis, Indiana. They're in the Indianapolis Colts Stadium. Okay. Is this Lucas Oil Field? Is that what it is? Yeah. Peanut Gallery? Indeed. 35-some uh, thousand young people are at this event. It is insane. Just, <laughs> of course, I'm an AV kind of person. What uh, does that mean? Audio visual. Oh. The, uh, the company that they are using for the AV, uh -huh. their uh, whole production, the gear they have is nearly $7 million worth of speakers, staging, lights, video. And you're going to have a lot of, those kids are crazy. They're going to just tear it up. and Oh, like no, it's beautiful. It oh, not these kids. No, 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 no. If any, these would be the ones that wouldn't do that. So that's what you would spend your million dollars oh, a hey. day on? Yeah. Here, set one week, I'm good. It's a little promo. I think it's interesting, though that they are producing the heck out of this thing and it's it's being done well i i'm shocked at how well they've embraced facebook live all the ad to go this big 
on a production. I've never seen anything like it in the in the UPC ever. It's crazy. Crazy. It's been kind of fun to watch. It's crazy. But I've got family that are there. But it's massive. Absolutely massive. It blows my mind that they that it's this big. Very cool. Huh. I got a letter from Vice President Pence, apparently. That's you did? I, yeah, I did. Wow. No, I didn't. They did. Oh. For the event. Oh, hold on. They're live now. This is the David Allen Show, a little dipping in live to a Friday night event uh, in Indianapolis. Uh, the United Pentecostal Church International's uh, annual youth uh, rally. It's a little bigger than a rally. They're saying 44,000 plus people there tonight. Lucas Oil Stadium. It's crazy. Recognize anybody? Mm, no, but I think yesterday one of uh, Dave and Connie, one of their daughters, was playing piano. Hmm. I'm going to go just to see the production. Well,. This has been a <laughs> a wild ride of a show. Yeah. 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 So, uh, well, so uh, I hear tell that your weekly schedule has become a little more um, solidified, no? Yes. Yes, so it has. So what does that mean for uh, timing for the show here? Uh... Will you be in the area uh, more frequently, or is that going to begin to d- diminish... I'm thinking I'm thinking it's going to be more Skype. Okay. Cuz you know my with the job and then I figured probably about a good 30 hours a week with classes and studying. So between the two hmm. that's Well, this is going to be fun insight into the uh the secondary education world, no? 
Yeah. This will be kind of fun, especially you going in as a really old guy. Yeah. <laughs> but I look ridiculously young. Oh, man. Uh-huh. Just ask I look like one of the kids. <laughs> <laughs> but none of them have had your, the same <laughs> procedure that you did. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, well, this is the David Allen Show. Um, any last uh, little topics you want to touch on before we wrap her? Um, don't do drugs. Oh, come on. Unless it's the amnesia. <laughs> yeah. And then you wouldn't know anyway, so <laughs> I guess. <laughs> oh, brother. Uh, I thought if you touched hmm. fentanyl on your skin, it would kill you. Well, it went in an IV, so. It's in your blood. It's fine. Yeah. I don't know. Well, they have fentanyl patches, so. Um, well, I, that's kind of a big thing in the in the illicit drug scene now. Mm -hmm. People are dying because of fentanyl overdoses. And they're given um, the, uh, it's not an antidote, but it's a reversal agent to, like, cops. And now EMTs are carrying it. Yeah. There was a guy in town that we lived in that um, that put a whole bunch of patches on, and he actually died, stopped breathing and everything. And... Uh, they came and gave them, it's kind of like an EpiPen, an epinephrine pen mm -hmm. for anaphylaxic shock, and you jab them with it, and they, like, come right out of it, so. Yeah, what's that called? What's the drug called? Narcon? No, yeah, no, Narcan, right? Yeah, Narcan, yeah. 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 So I thought it was great. It's kind of like a morning after pill, only it's a. Yeah. So you could do all the heroin, fentanyl you want. It's all right because you can just get a little EpiPen. Yeah, spot. yeah. Except they say that you want to die after that because then you're having all the side effects without the high from your drugs. Oh, I guess that could be. So you don't want to come out of that. You don't want to be prematurely taken, removed from the high. I would imagine. I've never done it, so I don't know. Well, right. I think I had a great time, <laughs> but I don't remember. <laughs> You'd never know it. Yeah. <clears throat> Okay, here's a little, sorry, I'm, I'm ru rushing down the headlines, the current headlines. Uh, a conference, this is from thecollegefix.com. It's written today. A recent conference hosted by an Ivy League university focused on integration and inclusion in K-12 education and included workshops on how educators should face white privilege in their classrooms, challenge microaggressions, and address, quote, Eurocentric pedagogical mm -hmm. approaches mm -hmm. the reimagining education summer institute conference organized by columbia university's teachers college was held in mid-july and concentrated on quote opportunities and challenges of creating and sustaining racially ethnically and socio-economically integrated schools the event in its second year drew 300 participants but mostly consisted of k-12 through teachers and principals, the Institute's director, Amy Wells, said in a phone interview with The College Fix, the four-day conference included plen plenary sessions, yeah. mm -hmm. dozens of workshops, and dialogue sessions. Oh, that's just a talking club. One presentation called Whiteness in Schools provided a, quote, history of whiteness and will invite participants into a discussion of how whiteness and white culture shapes what happens in schools. One workshop discussed three ways to face white privilege in the classroom. Presented by Teachers College postdoctoral fellow Jamila 
uh, Liascott. A summary of the workshop states it included, quote, activities and critical dialogue around white privilege to connect personal responsibility to pedagogical possibilities for the classroom. So how long, let's just take a guess, how long until they rename the White House? Ooh. Huh. Is that not the epitome of white privilege? Mm. And even calling it white? Mm. Shouldn't it be the people's house? Mm. The black house? Yeah. Come on. How long? How long? Well, I don't think it'll ever happen. What? Yeah. Why? I think that they will. Um, you'll have people that will call for it to happen. <clears throat> I don't think it'll happen. Because I think uh, the average number of, well, I shouldn't say never. Maybe when it, if it gets to the point where... Um, I mean, the backbone of the country are the hard workers, the people that go out and work all the time. They're not the ones that sit and rabble rouse and try to change stupid stuff. <clears throat> so, and yes, I'm sure that would be offensive to people. Do you think, is that name like enshrined in some like legislative document? No, I don't think so. Is, is it the official? I mean, is it like legal? The White House? Or is it just that's what we call it? Well, I think the internet address for it, the website, is something like that. So, yeah, that's official. So it's officially yeah. right, yes. Mm -hmm. Well, mm -hmm. whitehouse.gov is the official website. See? There you have it. Whitehouse.com is a porn site. Whoa. Okay. That's interesting. <laughs> what? <laughs> Check it out and see. <laughs> hey. <laughs> You're quiet. Yeah. Sorry. I'm uh, I'm asking uh, the interweb. Uh, yeah, don't, don't check it out. <laughs> yeah, not right now. Seriously. Let's see. It was a commonly used nickname until 1901 when Theodore Roosevelt made it the official name of the building. There There's, you go. There's a common myth that the White House was originally painted white to hide fire damage caused during the burning of Washington. During the War of 1812. Now they say a common myth. That by definition would mean it's fake. Yeah? It's not true? Myth is not true? Mm -hmm. So a common myth? They don't yeah. say anything else. Um, can it be changed? How to change the White House? Oh, what? Hold on a second. Petitions.moveon.org. Oh, well, let's move on. Resolution. This to be delivered to President Donald J. Trump. Now, okay. Uh, resolution 777. To rename the white, in quotes, house. America's racial revolution. In order to be successful and have real change where it counts the people. And bring our race. Boy, they can type. And bring our race relations out of the dark ages, it must start at the top. The White House, President Barack Obama. The buck stops there. Stop the game. Change the name. Uh, the name the White House right now is violating the 1964 Civil Rights Act. Furthermore, 
It daily discriminates against all non-white or European Americans. It additionally is racially divisive, indicative, indicative of white superiority, and impedes improved race relations. So it ha- so the color itself. So what I am proposing is, bad? is that Bear, Sherwin Williams, Benjamin Moore, all must remove the name white from their paint. All of them. Ooh, so what would you call it? Cracker? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Cracker. Now, uh, th- how many signatures do you think are on this? Um, 10,000. I wish there... Uh, there's no date on when this thing came about. Well, it was Obama, so... Well, <laughs> they asked Obama. Well, it's just, but to be delivered to President Donald Trump, it says... But yeah, it must have been back then. Um, move on. Uh, MoveOn.org petitions. Of course, they do. Must need. They need fifty signatures to uh, become valid or become for real. How many do you think this one has? Thousand. Fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, They're a, not big, even it's trying. a big problem. I think. I think. I think. No. What? 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 I don't. I don't. Who? What? What? When? Who? What? When? Where? Why? How? Oh, now we're talking. Okay. We're going to dip back in live for a moment. Which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. In the last days, saith God. I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your young men and your young ladies are going to prophesy. Your young men are going to have visions. And your old men are going to dream dreams. This is that. I'll tell you what, there are not many groups, not many church denominations that I know of that can segue their music so well. Get all you can get. I want to leave here tonight saying my cup runneth over. I didn't just get enough to quench my thirst. I didn't get enough for the moment. I got enough for when I get back home. Let's let the Holy Ghost linger in this building. Let's linger for the Spirit of God to move among us. And they always have 
uh, an organ. You hear it in the background? Always. Yeah. There's always an organ. And it's dynamite. <laughs> that the uh, the live broadcast of the National Congress of Youth. Yes, peanut gallery. Oh, it's just a Hammond B three. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's always a Hammond B three. Yeah, I know. It's that sound. What What does that mean? Oh. That's a, that's a type of organ. Oh, I can't believe oh. you ask such questions. It's not like a spleen or a liver or anything. Not that kind of an organ, but it's just <laughs> different. Huh. It's fantastic, is what it is. Sorry. You know what Leslie Speaker is? Hey! Leslie. Leslie Speaker. The horn is spinning. Mm-hmm. So it gives you that. Wah, 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 wah. Oh. It has a motor in it that spins. Yeah. Oh. No, I didn't. This is the uh, the David Allen Show and the Hammond. A little smooth jazz for you, everybody. Coming at you live from the Middle West. The Northern Middle West. Not Middle Earth. This is the David Allen Show, davidallenshow.com. Salt um, of the Earth. Salt of the Earth on Apple iTunes, the podcast store, and around the Google Play Store. David Allen Show, that's A-L-L-E-N. For fun. Um, this more moveon.org petitions. Boy Scouts, keep politics out of the Jamboree speech. We, the undersigned, ask the Boy Scouts of America to release a statement recognizing that it will stay true to its spirit as a national organization where efforts are made for all to feel welcome and that the explicitly partisan rhetoric of Donald Trump's speech, such as encouraging booze of his predecessor, was wrong. Oh, my. Okay. How many? How many? During his address... To the 2017 National Scouting Jamboree, Donald Trump delivered a highly politicized and divisive speech that is against the patriotic spirit of the Boy Scouts of America. I am a proud Eagle Scout who was an active scout for 12 years. From Tiger Scouting through Cub Scouting and into Boy Scouting, as someone with different political values than the current president, I found his remarks at the Jamboree to be alienating and to use the Boy Scouts as a prop by him to be dispiriting. Okay. So why don't you cry about it? New, uh, they need 150,000 signatures. They Who have, does? They have. They have. How many? 78. 149,156. Really? Wow. Which is what percentage of our current population? None. Yeah. <laughs> Let me think. That half a percent? 
Let's see. Of three hundred million. Need a little traveling music here. Can't really beat good organ jazz. This is jazz. Smooth Hammond jazz. Yeah. So smooth Hammond. Hey. No, it doesn't matter. But yeah, that was a petition away, people. Well, I, I, uh, yeah, no, never mind. Nope, I'm not gonna fight fire with fire. No. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna ignore it. And I've ignored move on for man. Have you moved on? I've moved on for moved on. I've I've did, ignored did them ever, for did you probably ever, start ever? <laughs> like for seventeen thousand square uh, uh, days consecutive. I've yeah, ignored yeah. them, and I'm uh, I'm feeling pretty good. Okay. I'm feeling like I can make it the rest of the way. So <clears throat> yeah, I'm consistent. If nothing, I'm consistent. So. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> there you go. All right, one last time. Kind of like what was in my colon before the colonoscopy. <laughs> El toro poopoo. <laughs> and there you have it. Uh, one one last time before we get out of here. Um, the mob has taken over the White House. And this is the David Allen Show. Last words. Toodles. Wow. Last word. <laughs> Excellent. Peanut gallery. Uh, what's that song, Bohemian Rhapsody? It's got something about Scaramouche or... Oh, yes. Yeah. When are they going to parody that song with Anthony Scaramucci? Oh, oh man. That would be a good... Yeah. Scaramouche, Scaramouche. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be great. Oh. All right. This is the David Allen Show. DavidAllenShow.com. Uh, we'll be back the next time we're together. Or yeah. The next time we are doing a show. The next time there's a recording the of us talking. Yes. <laughs> hey, stay tuned, everybody. It should be close to uh, less than a month. Yeah. And no. then we are still, for those to care, we're still uh, actively working on the new podcast studio. So studio 5. Studio 5. So at this point, we've uh, been making it up. And maybe for fun, I'll post a picture on our... Uh, our Facebook page, David Allen Show, uh, just to show you what we've been making do with here in the uh, the podcast studios at uh, in the studio in uh, Millbank, South Dakota. All right, any last words other than your typical sign-off? Um, yes. I no, I don't have any last words. I don't have anything more to say. I'm uh, just I'm nothing. I have nothing to say. Nothing. One thing. Nothing, Alan. Nope. Still don't have anything to say. What? Nothing. I was remembering something. And I don't remember it, so... Anyway, all that to say, <laughs> Bye. have a great night, everybody. Uh, great week, great day. Uh, summer's almost over. School's going to start again for those uh, slaves that need it. 
Um, and that would be across the table for me. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. You betcha. Have yeah. a good one, everybody. This is the David Allen Show. See you later. Toodles. Taste of my Hammond's